used. And, and just the detail that went into, um, you know, filming the scenes and the, 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 you know, it was, it was incredible the amount of research and, and, uh, just how specific they were on every, you know, last button and how they were panning. And if they didn't get the right shot, they laid down like the railroad tracks for the camera to go along again. I mean, it was really cool. Oh yeah. It's incredible. The opening, uh, cannon barrage by, um, <clears throat> the Confederate forces when they all, um, who is it? Uh, Colonel Alexander, you know, opens up on the uh, Union Center, you know, and yeah. just, just cannon, cannon, can't just going, 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 you know, just, you know, constantly. And, you know, trying to keep up this barrage to cover the uh, uh, infantry as they made that mile-long death march towards the stone wall. It was just oh, right. unbelievable. And this was that movie that Matthew Broderick was in? No! <laughs> you fucking Christ! <laughs> ah! I know what Pickett's charge was. I did, You said I go. Oh my goodness! I mean, to go see this movie, and then somebody said something about uh, Gettysburg or Glory. I'm like, I think I saw Glory, that one. But- Glory, Glory is uh, a film with Matthew Broderick. Um, the only reason it's a standout movie, in my opinion, is because of uh, what's what's that black actor? Uh, Denzel. Denzel, why he actually got a? I don't know if he won the Academy, but he got a nomination for that best supporting actor. He played a runaway slave that ended up joining uh, the uh, first all-black uh, all-black regiment, uh, which was the Massachusetts. Uh, I think it was Massachusetts 54th Regiment. If I'm could could be, I think it was a 54th. I think you're right. The music and, was really good in that movie too. I like James Horner, and that was one of his better scores. Yeah, the score was brilliant. The cinematography was great. Um, and, and the true story is Matthew Broderick played Colonel, oh, I can't remember what his name, but he was a pretty boy. He, he was not someone who went to West Point. His parents were rich, like Bostonians, you know, and they kind of bought him a commission and, uh, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't like a, you know, he wasn't like a a real general, a real officer in a lot of way. I mean, he never became general. He was a colonel. But, you know, his commission was pretty much bought and paid for, which was not completely uncommon. There was a lot of people because they needed, you know, when when you had a war that large, there wasn't enough West Point graduates to go around. Plus, the South got, like, a lot of the best officers. So the Union were in dire need of, you know, great, great tactical minds. So what? You were a rich kid and they thought you had a tactical mind then? I know the British did that a lot. I thought that was just more to like, oh, adventure and spirit. And then you could say, quote, you went to war. But what, why, why would they commission somebody from an affluent family? What was the logic there that they just happened to be educated and might make yeah, a better well, they, they all had college. They all were educated. They all went to college. So that was, you know, part of it. And they came and you got to understand at the time period, there was still somewhat of an aristocratic class. So um, th- that was part of the reason. And they just needed officers, and this was a way of bringing glory to your family. And some of these people were true believers, I believe. Um, and I can't remember the name of the colonel. Hold on a second. Maybe somebody, maybe someone in the um, uh, listening in it, the the listeners will remember uh, who his what his name is. Uh, but his family, I believe, his father was a uh, an outspoken abolitionist. So this was, you know, their way of. Uh, I don't know, bringing uh, 
it, you know, helping the cause against slavery. You know, the real it was it was basically an obscene form of virtue signaling. Except he went. Did he die in the movie though? Like he actually led and he got killed. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, half of the entire regiment was wiped out, and they they what they were famous for is they led an assault on um was it uh charleston right fort uh, wagner it says oh, oh was it uh, fort, fort wagner fort wagner and well the, the i know the fort was never taken right and they were the first they were the first regiment to go in they were followed by i think three or four other regiments they went in first they got wiped out and then the the, the other regiments went in and suffered a similar fate and the fort was actually never taken <clears throat> they surrendered when when Lee surrendered at uh, Appomattox, but the fort was never taken. They held. They had a, a really great, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, defensive position, and the uh, and um, the, the garrison was... commander was good. Their their commander was good. Though I presume they were in a garrison of sorts, or. Yeah, they had a garrison of a thousand men. Uh, I believe. I don't know who was in charge of the uh, of the of the on the Confederates who was in charge of the fort. Um, I know the the mind behind the attack on the Union side was a, was someone called General Strong. Great name for a general. Um, but yeah, the attack failed, and uh, but it was a great movie. I mean, you know, but they all got wiped out. They all died. Well, they didn't all die. A lot of people. I mean, they, people did survive. Just like in Pickett's Charge, um, I believe they suffered fifty percent casualties in the charge. But you know, a lot of people did survive. The the colonel's name was Robert Shaw. Shaw. Robert, that was Robert it, yeah. Gould Shaw. That was Matthew Broderick's character in the film. Yes. Okay. And I guess the other guy lived. I, at the end of the movie, it seemed like the other guy died. The guy from um, uh, Princess Bride. He's in. He wasn't. He as second in command. Oh yeah. It says here, it's just coming back now. And it says here on um, Wikipedia that the second in command actually uh, lived or, or, or survived the Battle of Fort Wagner. So was his name Major Forbes? It says. Uh, it says after Shaw's death at Fort Wagner, Colonel Edward Needles Hollowell took up the fight to get full pay for the troops. We need some antebellum names. Colonel Aaron Beauregard Cleary or something like that. I need uh, John Helmuth uh, Steele. And, uh, and uh, what would Anne's girly girl, she'd be running with the parasol and yelling, well, I declare, I declare. Well, well Anne, kind of, Anne has a military name, but kind of like on a different continent during like the yeah. early 1940s. I think that's kind of the, the way her name sounds. Let's you know. stay yeah. I could just wander in from uh, some kind of time machine in my little Nazi uniform. Yeah. I don't see you. No, no. I, I, I don't, nor do I see you wearing white, you know, lacy gloves running around watching the battlefield over and. Uh, <laughs> I don't Oh, so hey, DT. Uh, yeah. want, you got you got to tell us the good news because we never got around to it last week. Why don't you tell us the good news because there is lessons for everybody to learn here. Plus, it's yeah, just a, it's so. a good damn story. <laughs> the um, I think on a previous podcast I talked about how I was uh, potentially quitting my job, and it was because um, it was because uh, of the the way that their pay structure was was organized. We, we, we were going through the 
the uh, salary adjustment period and I needed to, you know, say, here's my expectations. And I've, I've actually had these expectations for about a year <laughs> and, and, uh, and my supervisor was aware of it. And so we went, so I thought, well, this is, you know, I've been patient. I've been, you know, I'm, I'm well below where I should be. Did he just disappear on us? Yeah, I think so. DT, wow. you there? Hell darn it. It's one of those days, guys. It's one of those <laughs> days. It, I, I, oh. oh, no. It's the day when you need Antifa to show up because you, that you are in the wrong mood. You can just say, wrong day, pal. Too bad for you. Yeah, I, I got a that, that Antifa thing, that right hook that that guy laid on that dude, man, that was just classic. I mean, whenever I don't think I'll ever suffer long term depression again because I can just play that on a, play that on a loop and just you know all my you know all my problems will be solved. I what was that recent? I I saw a video, but I thought it was like an old an old no no it was, video. it was in Portland. Uh, uh, what was it? What, what was it of the weekend or you know when they were having that bullshit? Uh, you know. Let's get rid of ICE uh, protest, you know. Oh, and then what? There's some counter protesters showed up, and the video someone got somebody like. Let oh, me guess. Yeah. He clocked. It was Aaron, dude. It was one shot, and <laughs> this guy was he was unconscious before he hit the ground. So wow, he was out. Well, these and, anti I mean, these antifa guys, they're not and gals. They're not. These are not strong. These aren't people who ever fought. That's why they're all covered up and they're cowards and they go and they try and agitate and they got mace and they got weapons I mean, or bike locks like that guy. And then when you find these people and you find out who they actually are, like there was the bike lock guy who was a wimpy ass professor. There's that NYU professor who doxed all the ICE agents. He's a wimpy ass guy. But then there was some guitar repairman up in Edmonton, Alberta, I think it was. And he... He didn't really punch, but he his fist did come in contact with the girl who was reporting. And uh he like the little coward he was, he ran off, and then you find him. He's like he's like a hobbit, except not not stuck. He's like an emaciated hobbit, this small, pretty <laughs> little red bearded. With, with big giant hairy feet. Yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah. This, this is a side effect of all those movies they watch where like a hundred and ten pound girl can beat up a three hundred pound guy. They, they've forgotten about the laws of physics because they're watching this shit all the time. And they're like, well, I'm right, so I should be able to beat up that 250-pound guy. Well, there's a meme going around about kind of exactly what Ann said. It's it's kind of like the moment this guy figured out that that fighting is not a video game. You know, it's like you know, I mean, he, apparently this guy ended up hospitalized and like you know, possibly brain damaged. I mean, well, oh, I mean, or, that's or, too or, bad. Well, he's already been brain damaged if he's in Antifa. Right? <laughs> so, that's that's what happens. Fight. Look, you know, it's one thing if you're wrestling around like say in the fifth grade and you're not even a buck. All right, fine. Maybe you get a bloody lip. Maybe you get most, you get a broken butt. But man, a full grown adult and you land one punch, yeah, you could lose sight. You can get brain damage. Uh, what? I, I'm no medical doctor or concussion that could last you a while. But no, and that's, that's what I, they, and they have no idea. They have they, intuitively on a instinctual level, they know not to do it. That's why they always go in mass and they try and agitate and then they run away. But there was a girl like who was also like you know going up to the guy who had just clocked this guy like she was going to attack him, and he was a gentleman and didn't punch her. But clearly, she was divorced from reality too. Like, what are you going to do to that guy? 
Yeah, actually, and it's funny you said that because you're right. He because if he could knock that guy out with one shot and give him brain damage, Jesus, could you imagine what he would have done if he had hit that girl? Yeah, and oh, she wait. was just like up to him, like, "No, oh, I'm gonna fight you!" Like, dude, you just saw him flatten a dude who's well, slightly bigger than you. But she's she's come from a delusionally, a genuinely privileged world where she's never she's never been in a fight. Yeah. She's never ever sustained any physical harm of any significant where well, I'm not saying she had to be hospitalized, but if you don't, and, and she could probably also instinctively and intuitively be going up to the bigger guy knowing, well, he's not going to hit a girl. He's not going to, I do remember one video Antifa, maybe it wasn't Antifa, but of some leftist protesters, this guy just pulled back real back and nailed this girl right in her face. And she was out. She was a rag before she hit the floor. Oh, that was, was that moldy locks? Uh, I think that I was know. Moldy Locks, the guy that knocked out Moldy Locks. Yeah, she was throwing. Um, uh, oh, I, I forget that. That was yeah. Was that at the Berkeley one? The, the second Berkeley one, where the the Trump supporters showed up and fought back, and just beat the living shit out of some of these guys. And it and it's kind of like you said. I mean, look, if you have a diet of soy, and I mean, if your life consists of eating soy and playing video games and being a keyboard warrior, you're not going to do well against guys that are you know ex military. Or you know, actually, you know, do you lift, bro? Um, you, you, <laughs> you know, it's 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 got to be very one sided when it comes down to it. Well, and then also, I think there's genuine anger and rage on the people on the. I can't even. I know I'm not even calling it the right anymore. I'm simply calling it the non left because there's there's various groups and the left has got to be singled out on this. But these are real men and women uh, who've endured real trials and tribulations through life. They're hardened both physically and mentally. Um, and they're just the, the petulance and, and the insidious nature and the hypocrisy of these Antifa and the cowardice as well. That just makes that, that makes me, I see red. And here you got this, these, these little pussies, these little faggots who damn well know that they're hypocrites. They damn well know they're parasites they're almost like he he we're gonna we're gonna punk you. They they know, which means they don't actually have that core uh, uh, energy or uh, what's the word I'm looking uh, uh, desire drive that uh, visceralness that 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 pure rage and anger. They just want to get in there and and, and uh, not even it's not fuck shit up, but mock and ridicule and poke and annoy, and and then just all it takes is <laughs> that sometimes the tiger gets off its leash and it mauls you. And they have they have no ability. I'm sure there's some some people on the left who are certainly bigger and stronger and better fighters than me, but they're not the majority. These people are not there physically, they're not there mentally, and they certainly are not there passionately. Because uh, the people on the right, they're fighting for their lives. They're fighting these people. The people on the left, they're just fighting for more parasitism, perhaps trolling, or they got nothing else to do. They they they're, they're very cushy lifestyles where they're stuck in college. They have no real jobs. And this is, this is almost a vacation for them. Like they might have like a little bit of uh, narcissism driving them, but it's not, no one's threatening their way of life. Uh, but then they go running up against people whose lives they have that not, not made threats on their lives, but their livelihood. Oh yeah. These guys, you, you don't, you are, you are messing with the wrong people. Yeah. And this, this schmuck found it out the, you know, the hard way. And I'm glad, um, I, I can't stand these guys, you know, and it's interesting now because uh, I know, you know, Aaron, you don't really care too much about history, knowledge, uh, things like that. No, I'm, I'm teasing. But 
Yeah. I, I, you know, I was watching uh, this film, Gettysburg, which is, uh, what is it, 25 years old now this film came out? Um, yeah, 25 years ago this film was made. And just seeing the bravery of the men who uh, fought in these battles, like, I mean, the way they would stand in formation for a mile march. Well, you know, the guy on the right of him is shot down. The guy on the left of him is shot down and they would continue to march, continue to march while you had. And then they were under, you know, cannon fire where um, the, the, the weapons that were used in the Civil War were really brutal. They used to like put in like... Um, instead of like cannonballs, they just put in like packs of shrap, shrap, right. Yeah. yeah. Shoot it out. Just like, you know, tearing people to bits and people just continue to march, continue to march, keeping their lines. It was just amazing. And you, you know, you look at that level of courage, dedication to a cause, you know, they, like that's, you know, like I call myself like a tribalist ultimately, because I think first you fight for an idea. Uh, no, no. First you fight for yourself. Then you fight for the group you belong to, and then you fight for an ideal. And I think that on both sides, that's what people embodied. And they made the ultimate, so many of them made the ultimate, over 50,000 of them in those three bloody days made the ultimate sacrifice. And was, one of the things about Gettysburg, or well, the Civil War back then, generals fought in the front. You know, the, the brigade commanders were generals. They were the ones leading. You know, they weren't back in, in uh, uh, White Sands and uh, instructing how to do a fucking drone strike. They were out there fighting. It's kind of like, I think, in a previous podcast, we were talking about Julius Caesar when uh, he rallied his troops, you know, when he was fighting in Gaul against Vercingetorix. He was out there on his horse fighting sword by sword, face to face. And, you know, you don't have that now. But, you know, it, it sickens me. Well, I, I, I can understand why you don't want your most qualified and most invested in men or your, your officers up front getting shot. But I am wondering, because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on like Roman history, um, you know, French history, uh, ancient history. And uh, gosh, I, I think maybe the Civil War was the last war we had where you had people lining up and you'd have a phalanx and we charge and they fire and they shoot. Uh, and then it kind of dissolved into now we're going to take positions, hit and run guerrilla warfare. But since these Antifa protests are more or less protests and they're mobs of people, I'm wondering if we couldn't pull some lessons from some old battle textbooks where you had someone calling out on a bugle or so. I know this sounds comical, but if there was a way to use some old school Roman centurion tactics where you line up people one way, you line up people on the other way, and Antifa being just an uh, an uh, unruly mob with no order or organization, just agitate as a group and kind of march and trend. I'm wondering if there wouldn't be something to learn or glean from that. Somebody who's a military historian or a, who was in the military themselves might know, but it just seems to me they're on they're on the street. There's buildings. They're they're in they're in a, a quote unquote kill zone. Uh, you have one group of people marching. How could you? How could these dynamics play to some kind of trap you could set for them? That would be legal. That's the real, you know. If if we had halibirds and, and short swords, that'd be really cool. But since that's not possible, I'm just wondering if there's a way you look at the campus, you set it up, some somewhere you could just, you know, maybe tar and feather them. 
Like it's possible. You could you could pull off somewhere you could really tar and feather them, um, or something like that because they're all in, they're they're just so concentra- concentrated in a little group. There's got to be some. You guys hear me now? Like now we can hear the now we can hear you. <laughs> yeah, but you just, stepped, you just stepped on Ann, but yeah, we can hear you. <laughs> well, I've been stepping all over you trying to trying to get this thing figured out, and yeah. Are we live? Because it's like 6.07. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're live. live. Yeah, okay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, me and DT and everybody, we, we had the pre-show, which is My Gosh, How We ha- uh, Hate David show. That's the That, that starts before <laughs> this one. But then you came out like, oh, David, Dr. Perot and our favorite guy ever. Holy cow. Hey, wow. Dating on the dock. <laughs> now, we love the dock. We love the dock. You're the only. You're you're, you're the most education educated person here. No, actually, no. Anne is probably the most educated person here. No, he's probably the most educated. Oh no. Oh, Anne. By the way, I just want to know this. This was. Uh, there's a line that General Lee uses called uh, uh, "food on far." What does that mean in French? A what? Food on far. Food on. Oh, uh, crazy. It's it's basically crazy like a bat out of hell. Crazy like what? Like a bat out of hell. It literally means. What what I think you're saying is crazy from hell, right? F O U D apostrophe E N F E R. Yeah, I'm not sure because I I I just, I just know he he was he was uh, trying to describe the artillery barrage, and he said uh, he said it's as what Napoleon would call a food on far or uh, something. Like a fury from hell. Oh, okay, fury from okay. That would that makes perfect sense then. Okay. And move closer to your mic so we can hear you. So, all right, <laughs> DT, you're back for good. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the right. What was it? Just so we know, was it that, trying to lie? My computer with is just. This is normal. My computer shit. I mean, this is just. <laughs> I, I had the 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 fucking uh, firewall went <laughs> in my ear, and I'm like, well, what is that? You know, and then all of a sudden I'm gone, and yeah, I don't. I had to reset everything. It's just and turn off Windows Update, and I mean, it's the normal. I mean, it's snafu. Situation Why don't you just get a Windows Seven machine, man? No, I got a ten. I, I okay. I know you have a ten, and this is worse than an abusive wife. <laughs> Why don't you trade it in for Windows Seven, which isn't like always trying to cut off your dick at opportune moments? Oh God, I don't. I don't know. I tried to install Linux, and it wouldn't let me do that either. I mean, it's unbelievable how this machine. I don't know what Bill Gates is doing, but he can just you can disable something, and he yeah. just turns it back on. Yeah, it's like I, all the text disappeared. It's like it, it updated, even though I had Windows Update disabled. And I had other things turned off, too, c- to try to, you know, not have these things happen. And, and it, you know, there was no text. Like every time I opened a Windows Explorer window, there was no text. I didn't know what I was typing. I didn't know what, <laughs> what folder I was opening. You know, I mean, there, it's just, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Well, I took I'm my, stuck. I'm stuck. I took my uh, computer, my laptop into the uh, repair person yesterday. The first thing they asked is what operating system, and they're like, "Is it Windows 10?" I'm like, "No, it's Windows 7." And the the look on their face was like, "All right, this is awesome." It's not <laughs> 10. It was just yeah. They're like, "10." I probably have to buy it. I'd probably have to buy Windows 7 to get it installed because I think I bought this computer with Windows 8. So, I got a guy. You do? Yeah. You know, everybody's got to have a guy. I got a guy. He set me up with a computer in part why I'm immensely pissed off today. Because um, I've had to. I bought uh, a new camcorder to upgrade the quality of my videos. 
And uh, because the camcorder is only like, say, two years old, although it's fresh out of the box, uh, my laptop and desktop are all like seven or eight years old. And now nothing works because it's it's the the computers are all screwed up. But the computers have Windows 7 operating systems on. So now I have two computers, one that I'm going to try and upgrade enough that it can handle uh, the video formats and uh, 1080 resolution and all this other stuff. But I might be getting rid of this um, <clears throat> this old desktop here that, uh, though has Windows 7 on it, uh, does work and does not shit the bed every time you want to come onto a podcast. Well, it, it'll happen to Windows 7 eventually, too. I mean, if you can turn something off, I mean, think of this. You disable it, and yet it still runs. How is that even possible? I mean, how? what is happening? You have Windows <laughs> 10. That's how it happens. Right. Windows 7 is... They'll install something. There'll be some security update for Windows 7 or something, and they'll put a little gremlin in there so that whenever Windows 11 comes out or whatever, that's allegedly going to fix everything. Oh, It'll force everybody, to, force everybody to, to, to transition to that. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get how you can disable something and it can turn itself back on. It, it, that, I, that is beyond anything that I can rationalize or figure out or look up online or anything so maybe somebody has an idea on that but you're going to have to go to linux that's what i fear is going to happen like at at least with microsoft things were in your control it's kind of like a 2000 you know an ots car where it won't start and stop on you it won't beep if you go too far left it won't beep if you go too far it just lets you drive the car uh, so there's some, if not total control over the, over the, the operating system. But now, yeah, I was there that one time and it, no matter how many times you said, no, stop this process, right. it would fire back up and it's starting to turn more and more into Apple where it's like, oh, we know what's best for you. Press this yeah. shiny red button and everything will be happy. Yay. You press the button. You're an Apple user. You go. With Windows 10, they were going to get rid of the task manager. I mean, right. that was, and and they might as well have because that's what <laughs> I do now. I mean, I look on task manager and it's like, Jesus Christ, my fucking disk is at 100%. What's what's consuming all this? Oh, it's got to be Windows update. It's got to be volume shadow copy. It's got to be these things. Okay, stop, stop, stop. You know, and, and for Windows update, yeah. I mean, that's how you get to the, you know, you open up your services window and you, and you hit disable and you think you're all hunky-dory. Nope. <laughs> There's there's stuff no. like you can't you can't F8 on boot to go into like safety mode. Uh you can't soon you're not going to be able to control alt delete. You're you're going to have to go to Linux sooner or later is yeah. what I'm fearing. And if somebody in Microsoft gets it, their their heads out of their asses uh or Punjab, he decides <laughs> to lead a uh East Indian revolution over there and provide some you know like backdoors and and truly be an American and allow us to control our own operating systems. But no, I have a feeling it's going to be no, you must get an account to use this this operating system. And can't isn't there some like I guess Linux is what what I'm thinking of. But can't someone just like take Windows ninety five, find the software and just upgrade it a little bit? Can't they just- I think Windows is based on such a shit starting point, <laughs> you know that they're. I mean, they can't make it secure. I'm sure. I mean, that's why they have all these security updates. I mean, you'd think after all this time they would have their shit figured out. Mm. But I think it's uh, it's it's just shit piled on shit, piled on shit, piled on shit. It's like that recent um, problem with uh, encryption where they basically said, well, this is the root, basically the root code of all Windows and, and uh, part of the CPU. 
um, and and they had to slow down the CPU to make it secure on all these on all on like every single Intel chip computer. Mm. So I think it's you know that they, they probably just need to scrap it at some point. So you don't think so you're saying Windows 10 has a bit of what is it Windows 1.0 from 30 I'm sure. years ago? Don't you don't you think they've got legacy? I mean there's just legacy code that they've built well, on top of. I don't know, I'm not an expert in this, but I would, I would assume it's all it all has built on the original Windows um operating code. I don't know. Well, the concept of a registry is what always holds Windows back. Uh, that's kind of the difference between, you know, why a lot of people think Mac is more stable than operating. System. But anyway, fuck that. Just go to Linux. You know what? You can <laughs> take Linux and put it on a USB drive and boot directly from it. So you can turn it. You just yeah, go I've done that. I've done and, that. I did. I followed all the instructions on partitioning my drive, and I did all that. And and for some reason, it wouldn't let me load it. I don't know how it wouldn't wreck it. Like I no, I it was just it was just, you didn't configure your CMOS correctly. Because that would buy that, that's not something you could blame on Windows because it's not that's just the, the CMOS just says who am I booting from, you know whether it's your SSD, a hard drive, or a USB. Well, I could boot from the USB. I could I I could have Linux on my screen via the USB, but then when it came time to install it, it could not see my empty partition drive that I set up to install it on. It was weird. I don't, I'd look for an answer. I couldn't find one. So isn't this? No, we could talk to each other. We're, we're geeking out a little too much. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, I, I, we, this is, we talk about whatever the hell we want because I guarantee you there's people that want to hear about it. Isn't this just your throwaway computer, though, DT? No, no. This is this is my hunker bunker computer. Yeah. Oh, well, why don't you throw – for the amount of hassle it's cost you. I've spent the past three days dicking around with computers, and I've learned – it's not worth our time anymore. Just go get a new one. Or it's you part of the reason I quit 7. Black Brigade. Honestly, it just is like so much of my time and because you have to get on the Internet. Right. I mean, you need a computer that can get on the Internet. So either way, you're dealing with this bullshit somehow because you have to have an Internet to get on or you have to have a computer to get on the Internet. I could have a separate computer where I'm just, you know, recording podcasts and stuff. Um, But still, you have to have that interface with (laughs) with the Matrix. And and yeah, it's it things change so quick. And I, I just, I, I've said it before on my previous podcast. I think everybody's just going to wake up one morning and nothing's going to work. It's like the, 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 the cable lines that were cut here recently for um, Comcast network. And that had knock on effects for all kinds of people is, is someday we're just going to wake up and it's just like, shit, the internet's gone. What the hell happened? Well, it broke. <laughs> well, wait, okay. Does anybody know why I, what's this except cookies that every fucking website is running now? I have yeah. to accept their cookies. Yeah, you don't have to. They, make give, money. they give you the option to do it. But what? Okay, why did did a law come out saying that every website now has to have this pop up that says you do you accept the cookies? Does anyone know what's what the cause of this is? I don't know. I hate it that they call them cookies. It's like they're something nice. They're just cookies, you know. <laughs> no, they're looking at every fucking move you make and starring it so they can sell you shit across platforms. Well, it is kind of spooky. Like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this in a, a previous podcast was like when um, I was looking for an antenna, when I got rid of cable, I was looking for like, you know, an, over the, you know, HD antenna they're called. And, you know, I went on Amazon and I was, you know, just seeing what they cost and stuff. And then the next time I logged into Facebook, all of a sudden I got all these pop-up ads for HD oh, yeah. antennas. 
I'm like, motherfucker. Right. You know. <laughs> okay, here it, it is. One search, one search, and it, and yeah, Facebook will see it. And the next time you you're on Facebook, it's trying to sell you. Here it is. It's the EU. Some law passed in 2011. It's no. See, and here's a pop up. Oh fuck the internet. I, this is becoming impossible to use. <laughs> I. I, I I don't mean to belabor about why I'm in such a bad news, but the past three days has been spent like troubleshooting everything on the internet, finding <laughs> things on the internet. And it's going out to the store to buy stuff is even more taxing and time consuming because you have to deal with people and they don't have the things you're looking for. So I'm thinking like, aha, I'll just go to Amazon and find it. And it there is so much crap now on the internet. Like, let's go back. Let's rewind five years ago. Okay. Just five years ago. If I wanted to find um, a certain epoxy, I could find it. If I wanted to find, hey, how can I figure out what graphics card I have? You could find it. Now, how do I find a graphics card? You get a bunch of spam uh, uh, videos and emails and how to's that were all paid SEO money to be top on Google or on YouTube. Yep. You click on it. It sucks. It doesn't get to the point. It does half the time. It wasn't even about what I was trying to research it. And I wasted at least, at least four hours on shit that five years ago, I would have been able to find in four minutes. Do you think it's because most people just use like phones and, you know, devices, iPads, whatever now. And, and like, I'm on a desktop computer. How many people have a desktop anymore? We're the only two. We're the only two. That, <laughs> yeah. I've got I'm, one. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I have a desktop because I, I know. I, I mean, I, I this computer I have, I pretty much built myself. So um, that's why I like desktops because when you get a notebook, you're that's it. You can't you can't change it. You can't upgrade right. it. You, you know. Um, so I like desktops. I can you know pull the shit out, whatever. If something goes bad, you know, I can replace it. You know, I can add more RAM or you know change the the, the graphics card. So I like that. Um, I, no, I understand the convenience of a desktop. Like, um, I think it was Ann. Were you, were you the one I was talking to? Or maybe it wasn't you, but uh, like, uh, it might not have been you. But about uh, a docking station, you go to. Oh no, it was another friend of mine. She she has a desk. She has a notebook, and she she brings it home. But then when she goes to work, she just plugs it into a docking station. I don't know if you. Uh, I had one of those at my last magazine job, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much the norm. But anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. You could have a docking station notebook left. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that the internet is now getting flooded. It's it's like a junk mail. That's it. That's where it's become the United States Post. It's become your mailbox. You cannot. There's very few genuine pieces of posts, articles, videos, whatever out there. And for yeah. every genuine one there is, there's ten that are fake. And a never increasing amount more as people just try and get clicks and all that, that the functionality and the usefulness of the internet is going down. It's taking more time to figure out and find out shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, Aaron, but I would, I would also say like, um, and I'm agreeing with everything you say, but there's ways around that. Like if you, you got to learn the tricks, you know what I mean? You got to keep up with the technology, so to say, you know, you're, you're, you're the one that would always say this, like, um, you know, like, for example, um, your previous channel, you know, strikes against you or something like that. You figured out, you know, you, you have a backup channel. You know right. what I mean? So we could spend all our time bitching. And don't get me wrong. You, we have rights, you know, legitimate reasons to be upset about shit. But we always you always have to constantly adapt and overcome. And I and that was that's kind of your theme about kind of life in general, though, isn't it? I mean, well, it, 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 no, it's, you're you're 100 percent right. 
uh, I'm just I'm just upset because of the amount of time it's cutting into now. Uh, like if you look at the past, gosh, uh, even with driving around, I'd say before I went out west, uh, I've I've wasted a month now on shit that does not about broken window fallacies. Essentially, what it is where I've wasted about a month's worth of labor and no genuine production has been produced. I probably could have written half a book with the amount of time I spent having to have a backup channel, having to run and and do ads and having to Twitter out this and Facebook that and social media, this uh, dicking around with these motherfucking computers uh, just so I could keep up with the resolution that people are becoming accustomed to. Uh, on YouTube, I understand that that's that's the arms race, but it's it's more of a philosophical ruining or la- lamentation, lamentation. I don't know. And you're the real author here. Uh, it's well, just I like I think you're saying it's hard for a minimalist to be to be involved in this kind of internet age computers that are constantly updating, and you have to get the new one uh, oh, you know, yeah. every two years. I mean, our needs are simple. We've got very we're simple men. Very simple needs. We're not, well, we're, not playing, we're not playing, you know, Angry Birds or whatever the fuck on the, you know, all these different right. games that you can play. Right. We just want to do a simple thing, like like Audacity for recording podcasts. I could record Audacity on my my compact crapputer um, laptop that I bought in New Zealand, you know, twelve years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. and it works better on that than my shiny new Windows Ten machine. There's something yeah. wrong when that's that's reality where if you, the simplest stuff that you want to do, just writing, you know, uh, using word processing or whatever. I'm sure that that's why some people stick with their old stuff is because the new stuff, there's always some new shit that they throw at you that just complicates things. And we just want something simple. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind, of a, kind of a sign of the times that the worst career mistake that I repeatedly make as a writer is that I spend too much of my time writing. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to like tweeting and making YouTube videos and oh, marketing and all that other bullshit. Yeah. Oh my God, don't even. Yeah, well, it's well almost- can, can I, sorry to interrupt, Darren, but I on, on Anne's point, I just want to shout this out now, uh, so I don't forget it. Um, on it's either going to be Sunday or Monday, um, and you need to go check your Facebook uh, messages because uh, Andy might not be able to be available Monday. Um, okay either going to be Sunday or Monday and I'm going to be hosting a round table with four fiction authors, uh, uh, Andy Nowicki, uh, Ann Sturzinger, our buddy TJ and, uh, Dennis Malone, who's not here today. Um, where is he? I don't think it was, he's on, I can only have like five people max. Okay. Okay. Well, well anyway, but, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun for me because you know, I read all this shit. So, um, and um, I've interviewed uh, uh, well three three of the four on I've already interviewed I just uh, and if anyone's interested I just interviewed uh, TJ uh, what was it a couple of days ago um, well let's so let's a, save the plugging towards the end of the end of the show okay sorry yeah because you got I know you had an interview with uh, Pastor Tom and all that but we'll, let's save that towards the end uh, anyway point I was going to make previous to what we we're talking about uh, it's almost like this progressive credentialism like many years ago. Uh, and there was an article written about it out here in the Twin Cities uh, about this old man who passed away as one of the oldest and original CPAs in Minnesota. And he was CPA number four in the state. And you know what his education was to get a CPA? Junior high. <laughs> junior, no, not, no, not junior high. Junior college. He had an okay. associate's. That was it. 
and he took he took the test. He got the certificate. Now you got to get a master's degree. Practically, you have to have I think at least a year experience under a certified CPA, and then you have to have continuing education just to keep your CPA license up. And after a while, oh yeah, this industry, whatever industry it may be, becomes so burdensome just to participate in it. The true entrepreneurs, the true uh, pioneers go and find something else or just the true lazy bums like ourselves here. Like, fuck it. We're going to go fishing instead. Or as Dr. Perodin does, he goes out and he bikes and he enjoys a, a, a nice uh, 85 degree day. Uh, but it's it's getting to where the there's the law of diminishing returns is coming in where you got to do this. You got to do that. The IT industry is not yeah. making things easier with the lack of user friendly software and, and computers. To the point, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, it's great you have this potential technology, Google. It's great you have this potential technology, Microsoft. But if your shit don't work and it crashes all the time because you're always doing updates and you're always shoving your dick up my ass, well, screw it. I'm going to go and play with the kids. Or I, by God, I might actually go and get a real job again. It's almost that bad. Get a shortwave radio. Just go just go do that, Cap. <laughs> breaker, breaker, one, nine. This here is the, the no, world's the greatest asshole. It's the hey, same thing in engineering as CPA. It's the same thing as for professional engineers that they're considering. Fortunately, you don't have to be a master's or you don't have to get a master's degree to become a professional engineer yet. But they have been thinking about doing that for future professional engineers. And it sort of conflicts with the idea that not enough people are going into STEM if they keep making it more and more difficult for um, at least certain engineers to to be professional. So. Um, I, I hear you on the progressive credentialism stuff. It's it's really annoying. Go well, don't, ahead, we Doc. Get, don't we get no, all the Let Doc talk. Doc, go ahead. Yeah, no, didn't um, didn't we have some news uh, that DT was going to share before his computer took a dump on him? Yeah, well, we get a, What are you in a rush? You got you got a big hot date no, with the wife? No, I'm just saying. You know, he, he's he's got five minutes and it's going to crash again. Maybe so. that gremlins will come back. You got a, You got a good point. Okay, DT, quick go. <laughs> go okay. Uh, so salary negotiations, um, they didn't really meet my expectations. So I, so I went talk to my boss, talk to my supervisor, and I'm like, you know what? I appreciate you kind of trying to do what you could do within the rules of of salary adjustments for the salary uh, adjustment period, but it's not good enough. I'm gonna have to give me give you my two weeks. And it was really interesting that once I said that, once I said I quit, basically. It's like his respect for me just went pew, right through the roof. I mean, I could see that he was kind of defending the company's decisions before that point that I made my decision. But then after I made my decision, it's like he's he was like, I respect your your I respect everything that you're doing. I respect your opinion on this. Stay tuned. I'll see what I can make happen. And I guess long story short is, you know, I thought I was going to have to quit, but um, they came back with, a, you know, a good faith effort to get me where I should be at. Um, I'm still able to to work part time, which is great. And, uh, you know, it, it ended up being about like a little over a 20, 20 to 30 percent raise. And um, and my vacation went from like 13 days to 24. So, oh, so like it that. just was good. It's job, like the man. power. It's the power of. Thank you. Thank you. It's the power of being able to say no, of getting yourself into that position yeah. where you can walk away from something. And I think it. It, it goes across all areas. It's not just your job, but that's that's how you get a good deal on a car is walking out yes. the door, right? I, of just not being emotionally involved in having to say yes or wanting to say yes, of being able to say no. And I guess from my perspective, what 
what made me be able to do that is one, I have no debts. I own my house. Right. And two, and this, this is sort of the interesting one that butts up against what the Republicans do is, um, We've actually got our insurance through MinCare, which is basically Obamacare. It's the it's the market where we bought we bought our insurance through that for the first time this year because of other reasons. And that freedom of not having your insurance through your job gives you the ability to say no as well. And so that's the you know the left is trying to enslave you through government insurance, right? But I think what the right wants with their employer-based healthcare is is obedient workers. They want people that are kind of stuck in the system. Well, I can't walk away from this job. I'll lose my health care. And, and so those two things, I think, were, were what allowed me to basically say, you know what? No, I'm going to stand up for myself. It felt great. It's like the first time I've been able to just, no, I deserve respect. I deserve more money. I'm going to stand up for myself. And it's amazing how how my supervisor did react to that, that his, I could tell his respect for me just went through the roof because I don't think a lot of people do that. So, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's an excellent lesson for people listening, you know, to recognize your value and uh, what you add, you know, to the company and to take the position that you did. Um, and it, you're right. I think too many people are afraid to do that. Um, so kudos to you. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy for how that turned out for you. Yeah, thanks. It, it did. Feel, it felt good. I was pre- I was ready to take the rest of the summer off, though. I mean, to be honest, like, <laughs> that'd be kind of fun. You know, but, just but, hang out with the you, kids, you go got, to the beach. <laughs> you got 100,000 man points for that. 100,000? Is that well, what it is? Hang on. Hold it, hold it, hold it. I'm the Federal Reserve of the number of man points being <laughs> circulated here. You're running your counterfeit man points. That's not 100,000. That's... Look, that should be standard for <laughs> standard. men and women. It should be. Because yeah, it should. It, it, you're right. It should. Yep. It should be because not once has telling people no ever backfired on me. Not once. It's always worked. And the reason why is not only are you holding yourself to a higher standard, holding them to respect you at a higher standard, but I think capitulation and trying to be nice. And well, I'll get it because that's what I used to do when I was here. Well, I'll, I'll take the first job offer they give me and then I'll prove to them that I like, or, yep. you know, I'll be really nice to this girl. It's like, no, that is such. And, and you have to stop looking at it as good and bad behavior. Right. What you have to do is look at it is in terms of rare or common behavior. And common behavior is, yes, sir, I'll take my point zero 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 one percent raise and like it. And, uh, you know, Amy Sue, it really would be swell if I could take you to the movies. Oh, you'll, you'll call me back maybe later sometime. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, those people, the people in power, be it employers, people with jobs, the girls, the guys, whoever, whoever somebody is approaching to request something, they think they're in the position of power. And they, and they are. And so they get these standard, common, expected, universal behaviors, and nobody stands out. The resumes all look the same. The cover letters all say the same. The guys all say the same. The drinks all taste the same. If all of a sudden you come in and say, no, you're going to double that that rate or that salary offer, or no, I'm going to not do that, or, uh, oh, that's yeah. nice. I see you got your little beta orbiters there, and every guy's worshiping you. No, I got more important stuff to do. Whether they like it or not, the fact is you stood out and you're more memorable. Yeah. I got a, I've got a story to build off on that. Um, this, this spring, um, I do contract work with uh, school districts and companies all over the country. 
uh, regarding school safety. But one of my long-term clients that compensates me very well uh, had a proposal. And, and basically, I said, you know, I can't do this because this this isn't aligned to what's in your best interest as as an organization. This this isn't in your best interest. And I knew why they were trying to do it. It was it was going to make things simpler on their end and some stuff. But I said this is just going to end up putting you at more risk for liability. And as an expert witness, to I'm telling you this is a bad move. So we have in the contract we have force majeure, and basically I just. I just said, I'm terminating the contract, um, so I'll complete your, the work for the next month. And then, and um, they weren't expecting that, like, at all. <laughs> and uh, so we, we, you know, we parted in ways. And about two weeks later, they got a hold of me and said the same thing. We, we respect that you said, you know, this was not in our best interest. We've reevaluated our position. Would you consider coming back? And also gave me more money and more kind of freedom on the projects. And I said, yeah, certainly we've had a good working relationship, but it is my job to be the member check and to tell you completely honestly if I believe this is not the right thing to do. Um, and yeah, it, it worked out. And, it, and if it wouldn't have worked out, it, I was fine you know, with that, but it meant more. And it was one of those things DT was talking about. It's integrity on the other side. If they're looking and they're saying, oh my goodness, like Dave just walked away from this. Like he just separated his agreement with us. Um, instead of just going along with it and saying, yeah, I can make that work, which I could have. But ultimately, you know, I want to be known as the guy that if you go to me, I will do things in a way that, you know, will give you the best return that you're going to get for this type of service. And also I'm going to protect your ass in court, you know, that you're not going to be hanging out there. Um, so, I mean, it, it was really a cool thing when they came back. I'll tell you one thing, though, like I've worked this summer with a couple companies in China. Man, that's a whole different game. <laughs> they, they're they really hard ass on a lot of stuff. And like when they want to meet, like they want to meet like then, you know, like six hours, you will be online on this, whatever. And I'm like, fucking, I can't deal with that. Like, you know, it's all Beijing time is 12 hours different. So I, I ended all of that stuff. I mean, it kind of looked good at the start, but, uh, but no, I, I, I'm with you. I think it comes back on... Um, you know, knowing your own expertise and then this whole member check mentality when you have clients that you value, I guess, in my in my business. Um, we also had something, too. Um, you know, as you were sharing with DT, one of the things I was I made a decision on July 1st um, was how long I was going to continue to work yet. So I we took the vacation in in June to South Dakota to just kind of get away from things and clear my mind and you know I was going over the numbers meeting with my my financial folks and stuff like that but uh, we we made a decision on July first that this is it this uh, I'll work uh, one more year and then we're going for retirement so I'll be forty seven and out of the out of the game so uh, really that young yeah yeah we're really we're really excited about it um you know i'll still do the things the consulting and stuff you know and and some of the expert witness but uh it's it, it this will um going to give notice um you know hmm. with my primary employer and and we're we're done in in my insurance too kind of like uh, dt was saying you know we have a a plan with it's a private insurance plan so i you know we work directly with the insurance carrier so i'm not tied to any employer but uh, we were very fortunate, um, you know, with some 
investing, but then also, I, you know, my God, Aaron, I mean, like you, Christ, I taught like a hundred classes in the last, um, you know, <laughs> 10 years or whatever the hell on the side and, you know, did everything else. So, and now the stock market or the, the interest rates, the five years are up over three, which means all of the B rated bonds are pushing up to five to 6%. So I was able to lock in some things and no, everything's looking, looking great. It's all been confirmed. My parents came down, my mom, we celebrated her 80th birthday and they were all thrilled about it. And, um, yeah, no, uh, I'm really, I'm really excited about it and spending time with my kids and, you know, that's awesome. That's, that's a good, that's a good story too. Awesome. Well done. I think, I think back to saying the saying no part of it, what, what was occurring to me while you were talking about your story, David was, um, it's kind of how you say no too, and that, I mean, I made it clear, this isn't personal. I'm not upset with the work. I'm not, you know, I'm not upset about being here. I like working for you, blah, blah, blah. And I meant it. I mean, it was, I was truthful. I wasn't, you know, blowing smoke, but, but this is just, it's just business. This is just a business decision. And it is hard to, when it's, when it's your work and it's, and and it's your job and it's the money you're making and your emotions get all caught up in that. And the more you can kind of separate that out and just kind of look at it logically and reasonably and go, you know, in your case, David, you look at it and you're like, I can't like ethically do this. I can't, I can't, from, from my experience and my skill set and what I know to be true, I can't go down this path. I'm sorry. Um, and, and it's, it's important to just kind of keep yourself distant from that, from that when you're saying no, I think, I don't know if anybody else thinks that, but, but I'm, it was I'm surprised you know, you, you're even that loyal. <laughs> but I mean, you go into those situations and, and, and it's easy to be like, they should be treating me better, you know, but if you can actually just prove it reasonably that, you, that this is, this is a business decision, you know, here's other jobs that are similar out there. Here's what they're paying um, or how, whatever situation you're dealing with. It, well, it's about, it's, an, it's about numbers and about facts, really. It's not ultimate, about you as a person. The ultimate position is, well, for most people it would be, you have another job offer, but it's ultimately the position of fuck you where you right. don't need the job. And so you right. can walk away and say, Hey, no hard feelings, but nah, it's not worth my time. And then they really want you. They really want yeah. you. expert witness. That happens all the time. They'll throw something by for a case. And I have a, you know, I have a set rate that I, I charge and they, they might block at it. Some, and some will come back and yeah, they'll, they'll make a counter proposal and others they'll just be like, no, we'll go with somebody else. The position of fuck you doesn't necessarily mean you say fuck you. I guess that's what I'm saying. How you say no, you can have that kind of deep down that that's kind of what you're doing, but you, but you know, there's something called tact and, you know, and, and being um, it's going to be much more advantageous to you to not, Hey, I'm in a position of fuck you. So fuck you. You know, I don't, I still, I'll still get uh, calls, especially nowadays. And this relates to the topic we're talking about, but um, increasingly so, because unemployment is below 4%. It's at 3.8%, mm-hmm. which is why DTL is like, dude, you could totally, I know they say, well, according to our diagram and I, we get our slide rule, <laughs> ah, we can qualify you for a 2.1% raise, but not a penny more. It's yeah, like, it no, 6%, actually, it was 6%. I went from 6 to 24 or whatever. Right, right. And that's that's just like, okay, okay, Charlie, whatever. All right. Uh, well, this is, but um, the, the unemployment rate is so low that people are probably in a way better position than they think. I mean, this is not the depths of the recession. This was kind of the revenge of the recession where 
employers, and I, you don't even have to be in a recession for this to happen, but most employers, I think, are by default arrogant and snooty. Um, they're uh, irresponsible. They'll never get back to you. Uh, they'll change the job description on you. They never were honest about the job description. Oh, you can only have a 2% raise. Well, now uh, it'd be high time. And Doc, you may want to you know, keep keep at least one toe in the world of employment because with a 3.8% un- unemployment oh, yeah. rate, you can, th- th- for once, for one of the rare, the last time it was like this was at the height of the dot-com bubble. That's And it's not going to last. It will not last, okay? It, it, we're going to have another recession, as we always do. Don't ask me when, but we will. And the ties will change. But it's times like this where you can get these age. What's happening? Hang on. There's an article. Did you guys read the article about people ghosting at work now? I heard no. you mention it, but I didn't no, read that, it. What did you expound on that? Well, okay. So I think it was written on LinkedIn and then Forbes picked it up in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, but basically, companies are having an increasing percent of their new hires just not show up for work. <laughs> or they'll, and we're not talking, we're not talking McDonald's. We're talking engineers. We're talking professional jobs. And in part, I'd say the majority or at least the plurality of the part is the very low unemployment rate. But I also think it's the millennials where they've raised these kids to be, you know, have no work ethic whatsoever. The unemployment rate is super low and they got probably multiple offers on their table now. They're like, eh, I was never taught responsibility anyway, so I'll just ghost. And there's an article in Forbes with a gal who wrote it. She's in HR. And it was so sweet and delicious to yeah, me. Financial Times. Uh, ghosting has glided into the workplace by Polita Clark. All right. Maybe it's Financial Times. But anyway, she's, she's oh, you know, I knew it was impolite to say we gave him a job, but then rescind the offer. Or we'd say we'd get back to him in a week and we never would. But now I know what it feels like. It's like, fuck you, cunt. I hope you burn <laughs> in hell. So you, you should totally take advantage of employers now. You you absolutely should. And and now, you know, the people say I can't find a job. Oh, don't give me that crap. You you just haven't you, you didn't you've decided you're not going to move from Lancaster County if anyone could get that one shame on me. Uh but yeah, this this BS that you can't find a job especially with 3.8% unemployment rate. No way. No way. So uh, for those of us who got hustle like UDT, those of us who are professionals uh, those of us who have uh, skill and skin in the game, uh, willing to work hard, you can you can make bank. Won't last forever. Again, I don't. I'd have to look at the unemployment rate, but I I don't think it's been. I don't think the unemployment rate has stayed below four percent for more than a year before something happens and the economy goes back. So I mean, who knows though? Maybe we've eliminated risk so much out of the economy by now that we could have this kind of Goldilocks economy for. Uh, an unforeseeable time. Uh, but yeah, now is it. And then what was the other one? Oh, there actually, there was another article by the New York, not New York times, wall street journal. Um, unpaid internships are going away. <laughs> not a lot of those seem to be going on the down and the little kitties are kind of insisting that you pay them for free work. Uh, so yeah, it's, it is, it's great. It's great to be an employee and it sucks to be an employer. And we should all cut employers right open and pour salt on their wounds. <laughs> Not that I have any. I stated the, the concept of like uh, unpaid internship. Like I did an internship uh, when I was in college, but I got co- I wasn't paid for it, but I got college credit for it. And you know, so that was you know, in a sense that I was getting compensated, even though it wasn't financially. 
but also the internship was like incredibly freaking cool. I mean, it was like a dream job. I actually had an internship for the New York City Department of Investigation. Oh, wow. That does sound cool. Oh, yeah. No, my job used to be, well, one of the things I used to do was, uh, on, it was it was my Fridays because I went I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice and we only had class uh, Monday through Thursdays and uh, because a lot of the students there were um, well I won't get into all the details but anyway the the uh, one of my jobs was to drive around all the uh, surveillance vehicles that were going to be used in the, in the surveillance for the weekends so literally driving around like the, the, the surveillance van and parking it there for whoever was going to be the covert team that was going to be working no really. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was like fucking, I, I used to like the, the surveillance fans, like, you know, in the, and this was like, you got to understand, this was like analog technology, though, because it was back in the, you know, the early 90s. This was when I was like 20 years old and stuff like that. Here I am driving around like a, a quarter of a million dollar uh, worth <laughs> of technology. And, you know, in Manhattan, which, you know, you know, downtown Manhattan and driving around and that shit was crazy. And I, it, and they were like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, give it a, you know, yeah, still he can drive it there and, you know, leave it there and you just follow him in the other car and pick him up. And and I was like, holy shit, I'm looking <laughs> at the back of these fans. And it was like, it's like, it was like sweat. It was like out of one of those James Bond movies from the, you know, the 80s or 90s, what was going on in the back of there. It was a great fucking job, man. I used to be, I used to uh, get to suit up the guys before they, um, uh, what, what do you call, uh, when they were going to do surveillance, like we used to put these, uh, they were called JDRs. Junior body recorders, they put it at the small of the back, and I'd wire them up so the two the stereophonic thing, so they have it at each shoulder. Oh, wow. and, oh yeah, I mean, dude, as for a kid in college, I was like, man, I should be paying you. You know, this is great. <laughs> I got college credit for this. I remember uh, the, I only had I had three internships. Only one was worth it. Uh, the rest of them were all bogus. It was filing. It was faxing. It was it was a complete BS, which is why I recommend uh, people that. But there was one I did where uh, the predecessor to Wells Fargo is called Norwest. Um, I was an economic analyst intern. And for, I, I honestly, th- that's 1996. That's still to this day, the most serious work I've ever done, uh, which was shocking to me because they're like, yeah, I write this report, do this research. And oh, by the way, here's access to all of our financial databases. I'm like, whoa. It, you guys remember, remember Band of Brothers? Uh, anyone oh, not sure. okay? Has anyone not seen Band of Brothers? Okay, everyone's seen it. You know where next they find uh, Gehring's personal stash of booze up in the mountains somewhere? Yeah, that's, and they that's, call that's, they call Nixon and say, "Nick, come here." They say, "We found this. We want you to have first choice." He just walks in and it's a hall of booze. It was like that. It's like yeah, there's your Bloomberg terminals over there, mm-hmm. the Economics Intelligence Unit over there, and I'm just like. Holy cow! Look at this stuff. You're like, I could, but uh, but no. For the most part, internships are just not worth it. Uh, they're just un- unless you're paid, of course. Unless you're yeah. paid. Yeah, but or I- are you getting some sort of you get or you're getting access to something you normally wouldn't. Like I never, I didn't get a dime, you know, financially, but I got college credit, so you could argue that was you know paid indirectly. But <laughs> even if I didn't get it, I I would have been very happy with that internship just because the experiences of it, I mean, was just amazing. I don't know. When I was, when I was working in the newspaper industry and the newspaper industry was dying, one of the stupider things it did while it was dying was kind of starting to replace editorial employees with interns. And everybody hated these little shits because they could afford to live in the city and not make money. 
and they were like, hold it, hold it, hang on. And for, for those of us, aren't editors higher ranked or, or is editor a low rank position in journalism? Um, I, 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 excuse me, I misspoke. I meant like copy editors. Okay. These are, these are rookie entry level jobs that you're having. Right. Okay, right. right. Um, but in, instead of having like skilled professional people doing those jobs or having paid, you know, beginners do those jobs, they just, since the, since the industry was losing money, they stuck in these little shits who could afford to, you know, like I said, live in the city, but not have an income, which, you know, we discussed this on a previous program. They're, they're always the worst people because they're the, liberal arts leftist kids with rich parents from the suburbs. So everybody just hated these little shits. And uh, my, one of my, one of my last great, um, great uh, dramatic moments as I was kind of leaving the Chicago reader was <laughs> I got drunk at a company party and just punched one of these girls in the eye. Really? Oh, really? Oh, hey. Tell us that story. Tell us that story, man. Yeah. We were, we were on a, we, we had, we had what we called a booze cruise and we just, we got a yacht and took it out into Lake Michigan and we're all like getting drunk on this yacht. And I was, I had already gone back to school because I could see the writing on the wall, like the industry was dying. And I had, I had done, I had like trained seriously as a journalist for five years as an editorial assistant at the Chicago reader. And we all got paid like nine bucks an hour. So it was this sort of queasy mix of, people whose parents had bought them condos and just wanted to do a job that was cool and people who were used to living on $9 an hour. So there was kind of like a social class divide there to begin with. And after I went back to school, I was still freelancing for them while I was in school. And I came back and went to this party and they had laid off all the people. And I knew this was coming, which is why I went back to school so that I could you know, have a degree and get some other kind of job as the industry died. And sure enough, like six months after I quit, they just started laying off everybody who was doing my job and replacing them with these little shit interns. So, you know, I'm in school trying to further my career in journalism by finally getting a degree. And I'm, I'm just like drinking like rum and Cokes and just like watching these little shits with their expensive clothes, like pretending they're cool and hanging out in this yacht. And I'm just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And, and drunker and drunker and drunker and drunker. So finally, this this dumb shit redheaded girl comes over and starts saying something about like how she's saving her black friend or something. And I just like just some dumb remark, and I just like out of the blue, just was like "fuck you," and I just punched her right in the eye. You didn't get like, like an antifa guy, like and and hit him like with that hit her with that like that right hook and just. Yeah, and the, the the hilarious thing was, she was such a pussy that not only did she not hit me back, the next day she posted her black eye on Facebook and was like, "Look what she did to me!" She, she had so little pride. She just was like, "Look what she did to me!" And no picture of my black eye because guess what? She didn't give me one. I put wait. I guess she didn't sue you because she knew you had no money, essentially. Or, like, how, and how long ago was this? Ten years ago? Because today, oh my gosh, assault, rape, battery charges, send out the National Guard. I mean, oh yeah. Well, she was she was kind of a proto millennial, so she posts this on Facebook, and then like an hour later, like 
she'd gotten all these remarks like, aren't you embarrassed? Like, didn't you hit her back? Like, what did you do about this? You just posted it on Facebook? And she was so embarrassed that she just took it down. Like, at that, at that point, people still had enough sense that, like, after an hour of trying to get pity out of this and people just going, you didn't hit her back? She just took it down and kind of, like, scuttled away. Yeah, this well, is before the, 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 the victim Olympics became, like, ingrained in everybody's uh, psyche, yeah. Yeah, like that, that was that was a, the, a sort of a proto attempt at the victim Olympics, and there were still people who would shoot that down. And I'm sure I, a psychologist made a bunch of money. As thank you, thank you, <laughs> right now, just the trauma and the tragedy and just damaged <laughs> for life from that event, and having to deal with the repercussions emotionally. Yeah, I mean, Ann Sturzinger is keeping uh, psychotherapists in business one punch <laughs> at a time. I, and I love you to death, but I can't see how your little waif of a body could even instill a black eye. I mean, like I, maybe a red mark, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised you, you clenched your fist and you landed one that hard that you actually broke some capillaries. Well, I'm actually made out of anger. I, that Ooh. I believe. Yeah, I believe. I believe that too. No, no offense, Sam, but I really do believe you are. I, I think, I think <laughs> the doc is the only happy one here. Everybody else is pretty pissed off at like. Like if you take me apart on a cellular level, physicists are just like, "Wow, I didn't know like anger was a separate form of matter." <laughs> the hatron, <laughs> the, the the hatron, positron, and electron. This is just 120 pounds of rage. Oh well, wait, isn't isn't it okay? So you're saying that they're hiring all these interns who work for free? Isn't that kind of the model now? Yeah, is you got HuffPo, you got the XO Jane, you got MSNBC. Basically, all these quote girls who live in New York. Yeah, that's why, that's why journalism sucks in its garbage because they're paying no one for anything. So, so a, the, you get the garbage people, and b, they have no reason to be professionals because they have nothing to lose except their cool points. So, but then they got to get their money from somewhere else. So they're living off of dad or hubby or something. Am yeah. I correct? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's basically the same deal as our, uh, what's that stupid show? Sex in the city episode. Yeah. Did we, I think we, t- was that the last one we t- we talked about that uh, one of the live streams about how that, the, the only way that they can exist uh, having all these people is that they're, they got to be getting their money from somewhere else because there's no way they can be living in, you know, Brooklyn in, in one of these places and, you know, doing all that for, you know, 15 bucks an hour. It's just not possible. I mean, if you've been in New York, you know what the fuck I'm yeah. talking about. Or, or even Chicago. Like, these kids are living in Chicago. They don't have jobs. Shoot, Peoria, Illinois. Well, I, I still, I don't understand, but I get a kick out of it, is watching these old farts, uh, like, oh, wait, we got to get journalism back. Buy our paper. I, I Give it up, old man. Why is there a physical paper anymore? Why are you even uh, – not that I think only DT knows this one, but the Pioneer Press, they had to get out of their building, which was the St. Paul main paper. And now I think all their, quote, journalists, if you can even call them that anymore, all work from home. And there's like maybe an office across the river in some cheap uh, commercial building that's never been used. Uh, and then the production facility is out, but I, I don't understand how quote, you know, journalists, cause they're so educated. They're so intelligent, especially the old baby boomer types. Like we got to get the newspaper back. Now we, you should read the news. Don't you like the news old and 48 hours too late? And you got to look at them and say, have you not heard of the internet? How are you still go retire? Stop, go away. And, uh, <laughs> oh, 
Um, all right, did want to talk about this. The clarinetist. You guys hear oh, about yeah. this? Oh, yeah. You got to bring us up to speed. You got to bring yeah. me up to speed. Well, I, I did a little research, and I wanted to find the girl. Um, and what was – we'll go into the actual article itself here a little bit, but <clears throat> what kind of shocked me is in every article it was his girlfriend, the girlfriend, his girlfriend – and they never mentioned her name. And it wasn't until I went to the National Post in Canada, because this happened in Canada, did they actually mention her name. I'm like, dude, she she was she did something despicable. She's in a lawsuit. She lost the lawsuit. Her name should be public. And all I could think about was how the media just went team woman on this one and covered her ass. Uh, but for those of you, I guess, who've been maybe living under a rock or you haven't heard about it, uh, I'll just... You know, I don't have to read through it. Uh, basically, there's this guy. His name's Eric. He's a clarinetist. Uh, he was in college. And his girlfriend was a flutist because she likes sucking on long, hard things. Uh, a flautist. A flautist, I think. Flautist, flutist, whatever. <laughs> whatever. So um, his goal was to work under a Professor Gillad or Gillad at some music conservatory. And he applied. Well, then uh, he got a rejection letter over email. That's the way that one went and blah, 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 blah. Then through some, you know what, let me, let me read through it because it was interesting how he <clears throat> discovered it. Uh, he was a gifted Canadian clarinetist who had the chance to study under a renowned professor in Los Angeles. All expenses paid, but his girlfriend didn't want him to leave Canada. So she logged into his email account, intercepted his acceptance, and turned down the offer. Court records show. She then faked him a rejection from the prestigious music program, according to the lawsuit filed in Ontario. And now a judge has ordered her to pay $350,000 Canadian dollars, which is $3.26, in damages and legal fees. <laughs> this was a despicable conduct, said Judge D.L. Corbett, as he wrote in a judgment issued this week. The clarinetist Eric Abramovitz had been dating Jennifer Lee, a fellow music student, for only a few months when he applied to the Colburn Conservatory of Music in Los Angeles in 2013. So this is quite some time ago. Mr. Abramovitz hoped to study under Yehuda Gillard, a distinguished clarinet professor who accepts just one or two students a year, according to the lawsuit. In recent years, 80% of the clarinet positions in North American orchestras were filled by Mr. Gillard. So this guy is like the man. This guy is like, he's filling 80% of the clarinetist positions in North American orchestras. Wow. Um, it was a good financial deal. Every Colburn student receives a full-ride scholarship, including tuition, room, board, as well as living stipend for meals, court records show. Mr. Abramovitz, who had studied clarinet since he was seven, dreamed of studying with the famous professor at a school that he could afford, but his application was rejected, or so he's thought. So he stayed in Canada for school and completed his bachelor's degree at McGill University in Montreal, as lawsuit says. At some point, he and Mrs. Lee broke up. Now, she dumped him. I I do remember reading that somewhere else. She dumped him because uh, she wanted to go to Los Angeles anyways. But Mr. Abramovitz did not give up his dream. In 2016, he traveled to California to audition a second time with Professor Gillard, who was confused. Hadn't this student already turned down the opportunity to work for him? So this guy remembered him. That's when the story began to unravel. Mr. Abramovitz asked Mr. Gillard about the rejection email he had received from Gilead Yehuda 9 on a Gmail account. Mr. Gillitone, that was not his email addressed. Uh, Mr. Abramovitz then filed a police report. Court records show. I was both shocked and furious that someone had tried to impersonate me. Mr. Gallard wrote an affidavit. I'd never seen anything like this. Uh, in fact, court records show Miss Lee was the one who sent Mr. Abramovitz the rejection letter from a made-up email address. 
The judge found that she also impersonated her boyfriend in an email turning down the school's offer to study for Mr. Gillard. Mr. Lee wow. didn't Miss Lee <clears throat> did not respond to the lawsuit and had no lawyer listed in the court file. She could not be located or reached for comment on Friday. I bet. I bet. Uh, 2016, after his re-audition, Mr. Abramovitz got another chance to follow his dream. He began, he began studying at the University of Southern Carolina, where Professor Gillett also teaches. So it's got a good ending. He, he made it in the end. It's, unfortunately, just had three years of hell. <clears throat> He's going to invent rage clarinetting. He's just going to go up there. This one's from my ex-girlfriend. You know, what an absolute cunt to do that to somebody. I mean, a young man to take away that once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, for someone. I mean, uh, this guy must have some God given talent that he was, if he was that good, he got accepted by this guy that, like you said, filled 80% of all the positions. Or, and, you know, the way she could just do that was, I mean, that's just plain evil. She was thorough, though. I mean, she thought of all the angles. I was going to say this guy ghosted them like we were talking about before but no he didn't ghost them she she oh. uh, impersonated him so well and then i remember i was listening to this on garage logic that's why i i heard about it originally and um they were talking about the girlfriend so they had a picture of the girlfriend so i wanted to look it up they're saying she was good looking and i looked i'm like yeah she's she's good looking for guys who are like 60 plus i mean she's not drop dead gorgeous um but just so you know, there are girls out there like that. I'm not, not trying to scare. Look, not all of them can be Ann Sturzinger, okay? All right, they're not all going to be Ann Sturzinger. Uh, and not all of them are going to be this evil woman either. Uh, but there are some that are like this evil woman, right? You know, they, and you just got to be careful, guys. You've got to be careful. Some of these girls, they think they own you. And they will ruin your life uh, and your dreams and sabotage your career just so you could say, I got, I got another client. I can't mention details, but she basically, uh, baby hostaged him. Oops, I'm pregnant. And, and now he has to sacrifice or he has to make a really hard choice of, does he pursue his career in one capacity that has higher reward or does he stay there, uh, with the, with this, um, lying cheating well not cheating lying whore um but it, it these they are out there and especially when you're younger you're all in love and in love and love and you want marriage and you think it's gonna go wonderful and you are not thinking you are not thinking and so i just want to point it out i know ever again it's like well that's that's the statistical oddity at it it's not as dramatic as someone faking your acceptance to a prestigious school or faking your rejection from a prestigious school. They may not be all like that, but man, there are some people out there that are just more than happy to sabotage and torpedo your life. So the girlfriend, you mentioned she's not that hot, so I wanted to see for myself. So um, I'm seeing two different girls in Google images. One. One's Asian, isn't she? Asian. Yeah. Asian dressed in a bunny suit. I don't know if you saw hang that on, one. Hang on. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Hang on. Let me reach it. Uh, yeah, if that's you true. just type into Google, uh, Google clarinetist girlfriend and then go images and go down a couple of rows, most of it's just him at the top. But then there's one of an Asian girl in a little bunny number with a yeah choker collar or bow tie or something. And- Where? Can you post that in the chat room? 
I don't know if I can or not. Here, maybe I'll send you a link to it real quick. Yeah, put it in the chat room. Not not the chat room. Like we got a little chat room off to the right on the broadcast on the board here. Yeah. Yeah, go to the right, post it in there. Copy link address. Take a look. I'm just still blown away by this story. Aren't you an engineer, DT? I am. I, oh, I, that's right. You're using a Windows 10 machine. Never mind. <laughs> I'm hitting enter. Uh, it's not. Uh... Where the the chat right below yeah, where John's. I'm on, the, hi, I'm on the chat. Yeah. Okay. You paste, right click, paste, enter. Yeah. It should. Yeah, I hit enter and it's not going. You hear that? I hear that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Whiz, man. <laughs> How do I get the 12 to stop flashing on my VCR? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hey, sign I'll, I'll, if you got Facebook, I'll put it on Facebook here. Oh, now I gotta log into Facebook. I'm determined to see this because everyone was saying she was real hot. The kid's not that ugly either. I don't know. Anne, take a look. You're the resident girl here. Uh, I I don't think either one of them are worth throwing away a career for. Yeah, there's no the, you is. see the two right. There's two two of them. So what? So is this like a Jewish guy in a, in a female slope? Is that the mix? Wow! Wow! Hang on! Hey! 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 Let's you see. just got us all kicked off the internet. Don't look. This is this is the nice one. We're allowed to have occasional jokes, occasional things, but please don't. I built two battleships. Hey <laughs> now! Both of them with one torpedo. Yeah, I don't. I don't need. You know, yeoman steel getting drunk and dropping torpedoes in both. Wow, yeah. <laughs> There's a bunny outfit. A hey bunny now. outfit. Yeah. Okay, she gets points for that. <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't mess this up, guys. Just let's have a nice ship and then the USS asshole. And uh... <laughs> this is a fancy oh, boat. This is the nice boat. This is the USS older brother. Let, let me explain to you how it works here. We're very nice. We're very kind. And when the brass, when the, the you know, Admiral YouTube comes in and says, have you been cursing or talking about penises and vagina? And we say, no, sir. We wouldn't be doing that at all. We just yeah, talk know, about what? I know why it didn't post. It says that you can't yes, post Lieutenant, web addresses. Yes, Lieutenant BT. <laughs> yeah. In charge of 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 uh, uh, IT security there, well, yeah. yes, Lieutenant. What what? It, why didn't it post this it time? It said, "Oops, remove any web addresses and try again." So it, no, uh, you can't asking, comment with web addresses. You're not posting in inside the Google Hangout. You, you were posting in the in the public. Uh, oh, one. I was posting in the public one. Yeah, oh, I need to do in the Google. Yeah, no, you need to do in our, our private in our one. Hangout. You see the group chat over there, Lieutenant DT. Yeah, well, I don't see. This thing? Okay. Ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Remember, license engineer. Licensed engineer, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you wanted everybody else to see her, too. So, sorry. Oh, no. I don't there we go. We don't care about our listeners. What the hell? Is <laughs> you got, did, did you you got it really, this guy really does look Jewish. Oh, my God. I well, he that. is Jewish. Abramovitz? Yeah, Abramowitz, yeah. Not to change the subject, but on the same site, there's another article about Justin Trudeau's 18-year-old groping allegation. And holy shit, if you think he's a douchebag now, you should see a photo of him from 18 years ago. Oh, he had that big mop of feathery hair, right? Yeah, and he's got, like, the the man necklace on and the douchebag (laughs) sunglasses and a soul patch. He's got a fucking soul patch. 
patch. What's a soul patch? It's it's like a little bit of facial hair right in the middle of the chin. He can even grow a beard? <laughs> Almost. Don't don't he, they call that a flavor saver in? Something gross like that. It's it, it, it's the, it's the kind of facial hair that lets me know that you spent hours like carving every little hair into that shape, like like it's your vagina and you're putting a like little heart on top of it. Nothing wrong with that, Ann. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there is when it's on a man's face. Well, yeah, but that's that's Justin Trudeau. But we are here to encourage women. He's not his, a man. His, his face is essentially a vagina. So my bad. Oh, although it is nice to see uh, see the left eating its own on that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 they, well they, no. Speaking of the left eating their own, there's something I read about the left actually went after Bernie Sanders of all people. Apparently, Bernie Sanders is no longer left enough. Well, what did he do this time? <laughs> I, well, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't remember the exact details. I just remember it was kind of what you said, like the left eating its own. And it was kind of like, I think Bernie Sanders didn't agree to the uh, outright abolition of ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So apparently now they're trying to throw him to the wolves. And this guy is an a, a outright, you know. He's I a mean, socialist. Guy, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this guy is like to the left of Karl Marx, and, and he, but he's not left enough for them. Man, he's so, gonna need to become a transsexual to save himself. Yeah, or you know, or not something. Can you imagine Bernie Sanders uh, dressed as a drag queen? Yeah, actually I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a great big wig, like just staggering around in heels. An eighty year old, uh yeah, trying to yeah. walk around in heels. Um Yeah, he can barely walk as it is. That would be hilarious. Speaking of our socialist senator, uh, I can't remember. There was an article I read, and I forgot where it was because I found there's no reason to copy and paste them. But when I say it was the Wall Street Journal, and the author was saying, well, now maybe it's time to call the Democrat Party the Socialist Party. And, I, again, you think I'm angry now. You should have seen me immediately after reading that because <laughs> – this is presumably our fourth branch of government, and you went to J school. No offense, uh, and but your peers are fucking retards. They're the dumbest, slowest. And yeah, now, now, 2017, 2018, articles are coming in CNBC and NBC and CBS. Hey, you know, there might be something funny going on with higher education. The degrees may not be worth it. Did you know an analysis might show they don't, they're not worth that much money? And so- <laughs> I have been trying to get <clears throat> Republicans to call Democrats the Socialist Party, not because I'm uh, with the Republicans, not because uh, I'm a libertarian, not because I hate the Democrats, but because that's what they are. Because economically, that's what they are. And not to bore you guys with statistics and numbers, but everyone wonders, well, how, what's socialism? What's communism? Blah, blah, blah. A pure capitalist economy is called anarchy. There's no government doesn't work out too great. I don't advocate it, but that's a 0% tax rate as a percent of GDP. Then you go to the other opposite end where all of GDP, 100% of it is owned by the government. That's called communism. Although you can't get 100% because surprise, surprise, capitalism is the natural default nature of human beings and there's always an underground economy. Then socialism, you can say square in the middle. I'm simplifying it very much, 50%. So your Sweden's, your Finland's and your Norway's minus the oil. So you're kind of middle of the road uh, uh, socialist. 
And then the Democrats, they're like, we always need to tax more. We need to tax more. And one of the first things I always go to when I'm talking to, quote, friends that I used to have that were Democrats, I'm like, okay, what should the tax rate be? Like, total production, what? how much should the government take? Well, like 10 or 15, maybe 20%. I'm like, okay, it's 38%. And they don't believe me. And this has been that way, and the Democrats have it. It, it goes up and down, <clears throat> but on average, you're talking between 35 and 40 percent government spending as a percent of GDP. If you include state, federal, local, county, everything, everything the state, regardless of what level takes, you're around the mid 30s percent, upper mid 30s. And since the Democrats want to have more of that, and they want to have free education and free health care and free this and free that, that's a socialist platform. It's a socialist platform. And again, DT, you could testify to this. My my goal, tell me how funny this is, DT, and how idealistic it was. My goal was to get the Republicans at one time to grow a pair of balls and start referring to the Democrat Party as the Socialist Party. Say, my socialist peer across the aisle, my social the I from the respective socialist senator from Alabama. Like if they could actually do that, that would actually help wake the American people up. But that article, now Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders is not the only socialist there. All the Democrats are, all of them, because they advocate a higher tax rate than 38%. And now you've got the new chick who I call eyeballs and teeth. The new, the, new, the new chick that just won her uh, primary. I know exactly. I, I call her eyeballs and teeth. Just yeah, the no, socialist yeah, that's, in New York? Yes. Yeah, yeah she, won, she won the primary against a... Uh, a Democrat, I think this was one of those guys that just kept winning his seat over and over again. I, I don't really follow New York politics too much anymore. But so she won. And actually, she was underdog by, I think, like 28 percent. And then, uh, you know, somewhere in the prime and the primary is where you get the well, it's true of both Republicans and Democrats. But the, the, the people who are really extreme about their beliefs, those are the ones that vote in the primary, unlike the general election where you have, you know, everybody else coming in. So she and, the, you know, she. Wow. OK, hang on. Not to interrupt. She is eyeballs and teeth. Holy yes. cow, you nailed the DT. <laughs> yeah, get the, we should, you, you, Aaron, you're going to have to learn how to work some of these uh, tools on, uh, on on the Hangout where we can post pictures and stuff up so everybody can see what okay. we're talking about. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about doing that. But but um, so anyway, this girl, so she said, oh, she was a girl from the South Bronx. Like she had this big, you know, spiel. And then it comes out as a crock of shit. Like she moved out of the South Bronx when she was like five and grew up, <laughs> and grew up in like Westchester County, you know, uh, very affluent. Area. You know, this is the same county where like the Clintons still live, you know, Um and, you know, you know, she she did, she was not like this, you know, poor homegirl like she made herself out to be. They never are. They never are. They come from affluence and wealth. They all do. There's there's, there's very rarely a poor Democrat. Well, it's like it's kind of like what Ann was talking about. Right. Like uh, when you like your days at the Chicago Reader. Right. These would be these ultra liberal uh, people like that. But, you know, it's really easy to be liberal when you have your rich daddy paying, you know, for your fucking loft or your condo, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the hilarious thing is the the people who actually worked at the reader who were working class were the people who got shat on by these people. Oh, especially, especially the guy who was a black guy from the South Side who was conservative and gay. When they hired him, they assumed because he was black that he would be liberal. And that is so- that is the definition of racism. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were so mad that he didn't think what they thought he should think. They shat on him the entire time he worked there. What the- oh, he, he escaped from the plantation, man. They sent the dogs after him. <laughs> exactly. So, 
Exactly. They would, they would hire like minority writing interns above him. Like, and these were people from affluent backgrounds and they'd like parade them past his desk and you could just see him looking at them like you. Well, Anna, what, what, is he successful now? I'd imagine, especially with the internet, a, 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 a guy with that kind of independent thought and yeah, uh, he's unique background. I mean, is he doing well? Can we give him a shout out or would he not appreciate it? Um, I, I, he's, he's doing well, but, uh, and I still love him to death, but I don't, I don't know. Um, and I, okay. Let me ask you this. Is he in, so, is he, is he still a journalist or is he running a separate private life now? We shouldn't point him out. He's, he's running a separate private. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, no, I thought he was on media. So. Yeah. Well, he, he, he got a little fed up <laughs> after 10 years of being shot on. He kind of got punch fed anyone up. in. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I am not, I, I will talk about my own felonies on this show, but I won't talk about my friends. <laughs> not, not anyone else. Well, well, you know, that reminds you when you, yeah, you brought this guy up, you know, because he's, he, he, because he's, he was black and he was homosexual. So yeah, they would say, Oh, of course he has to be a social. Have you heard about this new, uh, hashtag walk, uh, walk away. Mm-mm. Oh, you guys didn't, haven't heard about this. All right. I've, I've, heard heard I've seen a couple of memes. Yeah. Yeah, so it was uh, – I can't remember the name of the guy who started, but I'm pretty sure he was from New York, and he was kind of a lifelong liberal. I'm pretty sure he's gay. He seemed, you know, he, I, 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 he doesn't say that he's gay, but, you know, um, <laughs> whatever. My gaydar says he is, but I could be wrong, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. But And he just got sick and tired of – you know, this is a guy who voted for Obama twice and all that and like that. But he's just had enough of – the, the extremism of, of the left where that, you know, they're eating their own. And he's basically saying he started this movement called uh, walk away. You can, anyone who's listening here, you know, hashtag walk away on Twitter. I, I can't remember his name. I, I, I did uh, follow him uh, uh, just recently. I think last night I, I clicked on it and he has his, he has his own Facebook page. He was actually on Tucker Carlson uh, the other night. Um, and that, that clip uh, kind of went viral on Twitter so if anyone's interested in seeing that, how a lot of, uh, you know, Democrats are saying, look, man, you guys are just, you know, you just drank too much of that freaking Kool-Aid. We're done with you. Yeah. Well, that's what happened at Evergreen. That guy filed the lawsuit against Evergreen College, <clears throat> the professor that was uh, was violently threatened, physically threatened. And then um, oh, who was the other? Oh, somebody else was shocked. Uh at the same time, though, I said, well, where did you think this was going to end, you fools? But, um, oh, no, uh, I have a fair contingent of uh, gay by trans followers. And a lot of them, you'd be surprised, probably a, a majority of them, are so sick and tired when they add yet another letter to the acronym or come up with a new sign. I think they added plus for kink or K for kink. And the comment section, which was from predominantly non-straight people, uh, was negative. They're like, knock this stuff off. This isn't a thing. You're making us look like idiots. And they're right. They're right. Yeah. This stuff, the, the, the extreme left, you know, it's uh, it's think- fun to watch. But yeah. I, I wonder how many of the, the central left, can you even call them? How many of them actually believe it and are waking up, though? The first yeah. time on Sunday morning, uh, the news show Sunday morning, I still get up and watch them. I like to have, mm, the coffee's good. You have your coffee. You watch the morning news shows. But this is the first time on uh, George Snuffleupagus, which is just an awful left-leaning show, just tor- terrible. Christie was on it, and they were talking about this abolish ice bullshit. And he was able to just say, 
this is insane, this is crazy in the round table. And basically everybody agreed with them. So they are that this is the first time I've been watching the left and their antics where it hasn't been necessarily making me angry. I'm like, do more of it. Keep going. This Alexandria Ocasio Cortez eyeballs and teeth chick. Keep going. I mean, you're just gonna you're gonna drive people away. Yeah, people are gonna walk away because you people are insane. Doc, what are you gonna say? Uh come back to the doc. Doc. Well, you're 47 idea. now. I mean, you're starting to lose it. Maybe I'm 46. It. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be uh, 47. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll jump back in when I had. I oh, had, I thought you had a point. Never mind. I, I, I did have a point, but uh, it kind of. Yeah, he was snoozing. Um, <laughs> when you get to our age, I'm two years older than the doc. <laughs> you know, I, I know what it's like. You know, sometimes I just drift off of sleep. You know. <laughs> Um, so it, it happens when you get to be a man of a certain age, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, yo, and you can speak to this, right? You date, you, you like to date the old guys, right? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. We all know you're always going for the tadpoles, but, um, she doesn't have a choice. That's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ed. I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not even sure what kind of shit you're giving me there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I laugh, but I don't know what the joke is exactly. <laughs> date the younger guys. That's what he's saying. My joke, my slam on you was that you didn't have a choice because you're so old. There's only younger guys that are left. Okay. Oh, <laughs> everyone, everyone older than me is dead. Actually, I have to take the younger guys because the guys my age can't keep up with me. Oh, all right. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. But, uh. I'm going to leave the dad fe- uh, breastfeeding the baby for some time later. TJ Martinell sent that to us. Uh, what? From yeah, it's a guy over in Seattle who's yeah, of uh, course it has to be where it I has to be, yeah. It so has is to be. he like taking hormones or is he gotten like a tumor? And and all you have to do is look at the picture and you can judge. You know how they say you can't judge by a picture? Yes, you can. You can look at it like, oh yeah. There was um some gal came out with a book recently where she was blaming not blaming, uh she was worrying the book is about robots displacing the middle class and she claims that these robots were going to disproportionately affect women uh, female jobs and i was so tempted to say well yeah that's because simple tasks are easily automated but i didn't (laughs) i didn't so so she she wasn't complaining when like mass immigration affected men's jobs in construction well this is my point ann is if you look at her and her husband, I was surprised to see her um, married. Uh, then you saw me like, oh, yeah, that thing is what you married. And you're like, yeah, I can judge you by the way you look. And I can, and I will. And I'll be accurate. That's the thing. So ah! This guy was the same thing. This guy was uh, tatted up, not enough sun, uh, never took a punch to the face, uh, but desperately needs it. And, um, yeah, he's uh, he's not that. That you can you you can fill it in. I I don't even think I have to read the article about the breastfeeding father. Yeah, no, I'm gonna get nauseous if it's all right. We'll do that. Um, I'll save the robot, uh, sex robot Samantha, who has an update where she could say no if she feels disrespected or bored. We'll leave that for next week. One of those Windows Ten updates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do I turn off these updates? (laughs) 
let me give a shout out then. Um, uh, John, I'm going to have you go through the questions over in the, in the, uh, the chat. Yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Gotta- guys, guys listening, you got questions and try to, you know, keep it semi-clean. Start, you know, posting it can, your mouth. You know, it, it can be dirty, just no racial stuff. Or, I mean, if it's a tasteful, good racial joke, I'm always up for that. Yeah, but, just nothing about like Jews and lampshades. And- <laughs> yeah, that would kind of kind of draw the. And by the way, there. the soap. You know, I don't know if you guys saw my soap video that was not made with like you know, uh, no Jews were involved in the making of no Jews were injured in the making of that soap. Um, so I just want that clear. Hey, you guys re- remember uh, in the movie Borat? when he went to like that place in Texas and did the throw the Jew down the well song. And then uh, you you can, you can look this up on YouTube. So he goes in and it's open mic night and he has his guitar and he's dressed, you know, as with his cowboy boots and stuff. And he's he's singing this song, throw the Jew down the well. So my country can be free. And at first the audience is kind of like, not sure how to take him. And then they're clapping and singing along and doing the <laughs> chorus. And it was, I mean, it's amazing. Um, just this manipulation, uh, you know, the social it's, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> if you watch this, yeah, everybody in the crowd is just like, throw the Jews the down the well, throw huh? the Jews down the well, Borat. And he's, and he's, oh um, I'm just saying to look at it from how you can get, people to you know kind of buy into to stuff like that and the the manipulation well, in, fa- in fairness of borat you know what's what's the guy's name something cone he's a zionist jew who uh, is strongly uh, you know proud of being a member of the of the chosen people um, and, uh, well, I'm just going to cut it there because I don't want Aaron to lose his channel. But. Yeah, we don't need to lose like, not native English speakers? Because sometimes people will just say really outrageous shit if they don't really understand the language. Like, No, this was a comedy. He was he was playing this as if he was. He, he was born. pretending to be a guy from um, uh, Kaz- Middle but, Eastern. But, yeah, Kazakhstan. Turkmenistan or Kazakhstan or whatever it was. Some stand country, as Ann always calls them. And he was pretending to be this anti, you know, anti-terrorist, anti-Semitic guy. And it basically was just him trying to make fun of middle, middle America. And they edited it a certain way to try to make them like, oh, dumb rednecks are stupid because they're cheering for this. And it's like, fuck you, you fucking. It's, it's a childish. You're, you're a European fucking Jew who's looking down on Americans and I'm sick of your shit and that shit ain't funny. Oh, so that that was that was like actually scripted because I thought oh, yeah, one of yeah. his movies was him just pranking people. It's it's it basically was, jackass it with a hairy guy. It's it's not a funny. It's childish. It's dumb. Okay. Um, like you're friends with an IQ of one hundred and five. <laughs> you see, Boris. Like, hey, have a have a light beer. Right. <laughs> um, let's do this real quick. I do need to do some shout outs uh, because. Unfortunately, I did. We're just under the wire for monetization. Um, although surprisingly, I had no new view minutes today, which makes me wonder. Hmm, maybe Google does have a little bit of a of a throttling, a little throttle there at their HQ. Uh, but a couple guys did do a shout out on uh, Twitter. So uh, visit IronGeek.com if you happen to be a geek and you like things geekery. Follow uh, a friend of mine, Rich Cooper. He has a website over on YouTube called Entrepreneurs in Cars. He's also on YouTube. Or, I'm oh sorry, yeah, I, I well. listen to him. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy. He's yeah. um, the kind of the sad tragedy is 
all these people are like, oh, did you see O'Shea Jackson's new thing? Or did you see what Rich did? Or did you see what Beckloff did? And it's like, no, I didn't. You know, why not? And it's like, no, I like these guys just fine. I just don't have the time. There's so much stuff being produced that unless I'm on like a long trip, I just don't have time to consider. You know, everyone's got to hustle and make their money. And um, yeah, it's not like I don't I don't like these guys, but uh, you know, I'd love to listen to Glendon Cameron, but I don't I don't have the time anyway. So um, I uh, I do listen to uh, him occasionally. Uh, then we have um, Alexander Cortez. You can follow him on Twitter at aja underscore Cortez C O R T E S. Those guys helped me out by retweeting on their tweet channels, which were sizable. Uh, to help get the stats up, but next week, guarantee you, we will have uh, have this thing monetized. And the super chats will be available. Great! Hey, I thought of, of uh, what I forgot before. You know, it was building off of you know. There's so many different. First, it was the um, LGBT, and then you know the other initials and so forth. But one of the things too that I find in working with schools is there are so many days now, whether you know be the the MS cold water bucket challenge or food allergy month or whatever month that they're losing <laughs> track of all of these things. And one of the things that's really crazy is food allergy month is in April when it makes hold sense. it hold it wait wait that's a thing yeah yeah food allergy awareness month oh my it's god. Doc, Doc, hang on. Let me. I, I hate to interrupt, but I got to ask or ask you guys if you remember. Do you remember like when we were kids in the 80s and they tried this shit on us? And we're like, this is the lamest, dumbest shit. And now they have food allergy month? Yeah, that's been around for a while. Yeah. But even like down in Madison, Wisconsin, you know, they have things like the the torn meniscus 5K run and stuff like this. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, it's getting so you know, fragmented into all of these different causes and things like that, that it, it just, I think, diminishes. Nobody pays attention anymore because it's it's just too much. It's overload. Well, and it's not about cool. caring or not caring. It's just, it's too much. I'm like, I don't know. It does. Um, so yeah, actually I, I knew a district where it had multiple middle schools and one of the middle schools recognized one of these months or days and the other schools didn't and the parents came out from the other schools that didn't recognize it and they were upset of saying well why is you know sherwood middle school recognizing it and you're not and they're like christ we didn't even know about it like they did this on their own like we're not you know so it's this crazy insane stuff you know it's left-handed day it's left-handed month we're celebrating we're going to make everybody you know shake with their left hand and eat with their left hand that's great I would love to be a principal or superintendent just for a year. Oh, no. You oh, yeah. I don't <laughs> think you would. Track. I think you'd shoot yourself. There'd be a lot of school shootings. There'd be a lot of school shootings. Uh, but uh, I, I would I would have, you know, guys named Bob Week. And then, uh, <laughs> no, no English teaching for a, for a English class free month. You don't have to go to English class. It's all God. And then like. You know, act fat like your phi ed teacher days. Or so, we just have a lot of fun. Yeah, Let's you know, to- those, those superintendents, they last, literally, they last uh, less than two years in a oh, district. Yeah. And a principal's less, statistically, is, is 2.4 years. So, um, yeah, I mean, those those are those are really tough. Well, and I don't think it's tough. Isn't that like kind of the dream job? Then part of your compensation is like you get a pension no matter what. 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. What I, what I think happens is there's just so much that you are obligated to um, be responsible for. And your nights are consumed with, you know, tonight is going to be this, this science night or families and schools together or this and that. And then, of course, all of the politics that go in with board meetings and um, teacher uh, you know, compensation hearings and stuff like that. And parents, I got to imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think people genuinely want to do the right thing, but they just completely get burned out, you know, then, um, but yeah, I, it's, it's amazing. I was just talking with, um, somebody in uh, expert witness case, and it was a counselor who in 17 years had like 10 principles that she had worked under and she said the management system was always changing so she was not sure how much discretion she was afforded in her job to do you know certain like investigations um and 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 stuff like that it was always changing so um that was i was kind of helping her out saying well you know we'll make the argument based upon the change in leadership that you really had to just kind of do things in in your best interest of you know the the child because the management was always different my gosh that just sounds like a world of hell just when i think like i got buddies who are teachers and and and, uh, a couple uh admin and i every time i think it's bad then i hear stuff like this it's like you gotta hire a safety expert so you could cover your ass so you don't upset the current principal this month um oh i don't feed them peanuts in april (laughs) <laughs> oh my yeah the, there was there was a district uh, there was a district that went and adopted a policy that they were going to be peanut free and they realized after they adopted this policy that they couldn't enforce it so they had actually custodians going and wiping down like bleachers after home games the bus company had to wipe down all the seats at the start of the day at the end of the day door handles multiple times and they couldn't back out of this policy because they had a very powerful group of parents of kids with food allergies and you what you should be is allergy aware i mean you should make every effort to of course you know if a student does have a very severe allergy for something you know to be accommodating but this was a complete policy where they went in and they their legal counsel was absolutely awful in letting this go through but but it literally was they had to wipe down in gym class like basketballs and things like that that might be shared between students imagine this this is real stuff guys no, no, I'm, I don't, I'm not I, making this and up the super bacteria grow and everybody dies right yeah I, no kidding I'm willing to bet it was from an affluent school too. It was. It was yeah. very because parents of parents. You get one or the other. Parents who don't give a damn and don't even know if it's their own damn kid, and you get parents who like that's all they got and they got to make it their life because they're rich, pompous assholes and they just can't <laughs> go do something else. And one one of the one of the administrators was telling me, yeah, we went to the mall and this kid and the family were in the food court and the kid was like going up and ordering stuff and sitting down at tables, like saw him on a weekend when this kid, you know, the family was saying, absolutely. We have to have these this bubble. Right. And he's and the kids just touching things at the counter and going back <laughs> and all the tables and whatever. And he's ordering Kung Pao chicken, Kung Pao peanuts. chicken and with peanuts and across. It was just, you know, but it, it, it's yeah it, it's it's a crazy crazy world and people out there too there was one a case it was a cubicle where someone was saying they couldn't uh have perfume anybody wearing perfume so they had to go to a perfume free 
work setting, you couldn't wear cologne or perfume. Oh, well, there's a perfume, all right. It's just not. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, no deodorant either, I guess. Right. right so exactly. Calvin Klein took one on the chin there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, John, you got the any questions over in the chat room? Um, not not really. Uh, <laughs> A couple people have said they they want they want the super chats to uh, get going, so they they are honest about that, and and, and rightly so because we uh, we did kind of promise that they would be uh, up and running this week, but they will definitely next week. Well, um, hold on, because because just because I'm qualified for them doesn't mean they're going to approve me. See, you got to know right, how YouTube. Well, they, they'd say that you know there's no reason that you're not. You got the you you got the. Uh, well, you already had you've had the subscribers for a while, but now you totally got the minutes, right. and they say you will be reviewed. So I I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, and I'm sure your comment about uh, about uh, what the Jewel or whatever I'm sure that'll will look favorably upon the auditors over at YouTube. I know I said there was no Jews hurt in the production of my soap. I mean that's <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. It's, I mean that's true. Because otherwise, everyone would just assume that there were Jews in your cell. Yeah, exactly. I've had I've had people say to me, they said, "Well, you know, I didn't see any yarmulkes on the side of the, the your workshelf there," and you know, I was like, <clears throat> "The truth is, no, no Jews were harmed in the making of the soap, which is true." Well, I ask Aaron, how did you get a strike before you even went live? Well, let me see John Steele. Um, but no, I, oh, but, but, um, anyway, no, well, anyway, so we'll wait till the end and we're, we're all going to, we're all going to plug our stuff at the end. So, you know. well, this is kind of the end. I just want to see if there are any questions. So, cause if it there isn't read, we'll just say, uh, somebody type a question, we'll read the next one. No, no, we can all go home. We can all go. We've been on for an hour and a half. Hour oh, and what about, oh, all of a sudden Aaron is the one that wants to get off this week. Right? <laughs> Last week he's like, oh no, let's stay on forever. <laughs> No, we stay on for as long as we stay on. That's a, as long I'm as not, Aaron decides we stay on. Yeah, okay, fair uh, enough. I'm not some podcaster who's got a got a baseball bat up his ass about it can't be more than fifty three minutes. I, who shan't be named here? Uh, but it's uh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> where did it get you, <laughs> John? Where did it get you? Okay, here here's the question. What? This is the question. I just the question just popped up. Right. Cappy, do you love Asian women? So there, I re uh, read the question. I, yeah, yeah, I like Asian. I'm, they're not my favorite. I, I never had like Asian fever or nothing, but uh, I did date a fair amount of Asian girls when I was in college. Yes. And Atham asks, "Do you hate Asian women?" <laughs> no, I I don't hate Asian women. No. Well, I don't wake up Asian women that that, for, that 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 forge a rejection letter to a once in a life. Once in a lifetime uh, musical opportunity. Yes, he hates that, that. gal. I hate yes. her, but oh my gosh, she just—that's just outright evil. Uh, no, I do not hate Asian women. That's it for the questions. That's, that's pretty, pretty much. <laughs> I said I'd read them. I'm having likes. Right, right. Question, we'd read it, and that's what came up. So. Very, very complicated <laughs> questions today. I'm boy, that, that chat room sure threw some curveballs. <laughs> All right, let's go through our stuff. John, since you were antsy, why don't you tell everybody about you and everything about the John Steele show and how uh, no Jews were harmed in the filming and production thereof? Okay, well, besides that, uh, no, I am very excited about this, not just for myself. Uh, for someone like myself who likes to read books, unlike Aaron, and I'm sorry, I'm going to keep keep harping on that fact. I'm about proud Aaron. of it. Uh, and he's proud of it. Well, and it's okay that he doesn't read books because he writes them, so that, that gives him an out. 
but no, this is going to be really exciting. I got uh, four uh, fiction authors lined up. We're going to be doing a roundtable. It's either going to happen Sunday or Monday um, uh, uh, next week. And uh, Ann Serzinger is going to be on there. Uh, TJ, our buddy here, who's you know a semi-regular guest. Uh, Andy Nowicki and uh, Dennis Malone. And uh, the, the format is going to be that uh, you guys in the chat are going to get to ask authors questions. Now, whether or not they answer them, I don't know. But you're going to get to ask them questions about their writing process, about everything, you know, I mean, everything about the whole idea of of writing and things like that. So guys who are, you know, guys or girls who are into reading fiction, uh, you know, especially authors who are um, – um, I don't know. I, I don't know how Anne would describe herself as an author. You know, just uh, not not quite mainstream. You know, like this kind of authors and and questions will be about you know what's it like to get publishing and maybe even uh, up and coming authors. You could help them out. I'm very excited about this and um, I'm hoping it'll be um, hoping it'll be very successful. And I want to promote the hell out of it. So well, get um, get Michael uh, Kingswood on too. Um, well, I'll have to look into that because we, it's kind of like your show, Aaron, though. We can't, you, you can't, oh, you can't get yeah. too crowded in there or it just, it'll, you know. Oh, you're doing them all in one shot. You're not doing them one at a time. Right, right. No, I, okay. yeah. I, cause well, I do do, cause I've interviewed, you know, TJ, I've interviewed Ann, I've interviewed Andy. I haven't interviewed, uh, Dennis yet, but, um, so all these authors are people who I've interviewed and I've read their works. So, uh, but this is going to be like a round table. And if you, you know what it's like, if you get too many people in there, it just, Right. No, too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. Cool. So, so your website, the YouTube channel, we can find you at? Just call it, yeah, it just call it's not the John Steele show. It's John Steele show and Steele is spelled S T E E L E. Uh, and, uh, so, and it'll, you know, if you follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm, uh, uh at John underscore Steele S T E E L E, uh, 99. And there'll be, updates to come on that and, we, and like i said i don't know if it's going to be uh sunday or monday because the the, uh, the it's it, you know what it's like aaron trying to get everybody to... We'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll plug it we got it yeah all right don't, don't be our mom like what are you doing july 17th 4th <laughs> 23 p.m 2019 mom i love you but don't ever ask me that again okay dt what do you got i got something new you do I well, that's right you do new. You do. I started a new website. I'm dipping my toe back in that pool cautiously. It's called uh, happynihilist.net. And right now I'm just going to – I brainstormed a bunch of ideas, and so I should have posts for a while here if I can find the time to write them. And, um, yeah, so that's my new effort, happynihilist.net. That's DT, wonderful. the happy nihilist. Is it going to be writing or podcasting or what? Uh, writing at this point. Okay. I did, I did, you know, for fun, put together a couple intros for a podcast. So maybe that'll happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to try writing first because I, I, I intend to eventually write a book and this will be a good way to, uh, I used to write a lot in the past and I haven't in a while. So this is, it's mainly just for me to get back into the groove of writing again. Because uh -huh. if you want to write, you just got to write. You just have to sit down and write. That's, yeah. that's what I find anyway. And so that's going to be the outlet for, for that effort, and we'll see how it goes. Cool. As long as you don't monetize or make any money or profit. No, I won't. I'm not monetizing. Good. Good. Otherwise, you wouldn't be you. Don't want to disappoint you, Kathy. <laughs> Doc, what's going on? Yeah, well, hey, I just started a new book series that I'm, I'm reading. So it's David uh, Paulides, P-A-U-L-I-D-E-S, 
It's the missing 411 series. Now it's interesting, Cappy, and you know, you're going to find about this is it talks about the missing people in national parks. So the really? hundreds and hundreds, he has several books huh. out now, talks about, yeah. And a lot of parks that you've mentioned in podcasts. So I'm thinking about like you and TJ just suddenly gone, but you know, they'll, they'll go over and search repeatedly certain areas. And then the next day they go back and all of a sudden somewhere they search the bodies there or else like, obviously no one, the body, you know, is completely missing, but uh, it's really fascinating because it, it's kind of this conspiracy theory type thing. I'm getting into it and it's going to help me. Cause like, if you go missing, I'm going to know a little bit where to kind of take that first step, like in that cave, whatever the hell where they're, what the 13 kids go yeah, down in Thailand in the cave, but no, it, it's a fascinating thing. So it's just missing 411, but check out safetyphd.com. That's my website. One thing, if you were listening, I could use as more Twitter followers. I actually lost four this month. So yay for July, I'm down four. Um, but yeah, it, I'm at safety PhD on Twitter at safety PhD. So it would be great to, uh, to kind of recoup the, <laughs> recoup the ranks a little bit because i don't know what's going on i've been i actually had four podcasts i produced in june you know which is a pretty good turnaround turnaround for me but um and they, they did okay but for some reason on twitter i'm i'm kind of fading there a little bit so. I, I wouldn't worry about it i don't know how important that stuff is anyway uh although that does remind me for everyone watching right now if you like the uh the the video as it's playing right now it would be much appreciated just hit the like button there but um, yeah, I don't and know. And subscribe and subscribe, guys. Hit the subscribe button. We, we broke the thousand. You could subscribe too. I'm sure it does something with algorithms and all that. But what I found is number chasing is kind of a pain in the ass. Um, you got to yeah. hit some benchmarks. But once you hit those benchmarks, fine. It's it's good to go. Plus, you you see these Twitter followers out there. Almost a telltale sign they bought followers oh yeah, yeah yeah and you know i'm not into that and if, if people are following me and you know it's just like spam type of stuff i'll block them and get rid mm -hmm. of them so yeah i've seen these people like they got two hundred thousand twitter followers that i've never heard of them before i'm like get the hell out of here you know like i'll help you optimize your consulting strategies to make a better you by investing in yourself yeah. come to dick <laughs> weeds leadership I'm I'm fuck off. web influencer yeah, yeah. sure <laughs> i can fix your windows 10 problems all right Ann, how you doing and hey before we introduce Ann, guys let's all do our Ann impersonation and bang loudly on our desks and microphones on the okay here we go here we go all right beep 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 Okay, go ahead. Hey, I got a, I got a whole new headset so that you can't hear the sirens going. No, it's been wonderful. You've been very well behaved this time. An old dog can learn new tricks. Arf! All right, tell us what you got, Ann. Uh, I'm actually writing two new books, but they're not out yet. So, actually, I'm editing the second half. I mean, the second quarter of the new science fiction novel I put out this year. I put out like four books in the past year. So I might, I guess I'll just pick that one at random, the plug. It's Life, L-Y-F-E. You can find it uh, at Amazon.com under my name, Ann Sturzinger. And it's uh, a science fiction novel, part of a sweeping epic that I decided to self-publish because I just got sick of waiting to find a publisher. Um, and I'm going to put out the second half at the end of this, the second quarter at the end of this summer. I put it out in novellas because... 
people's attention spans are too damn short to buy a whole book, I have found. And people will buy novellas. They'd rather spend the money on four novellas than just spend the money on the entertainment bargain that is one large novel. Don't ask me why this See, is. You, know, you guys all mock and ridicule me for not liking books and not reading books. I'm just that much ahead of the curve. People are soon not going to read no books. Then it'll go down to comic books, and then it'll be pamphlets. Then it'll be one sheets of paper, and they're like, hey, you know, they make movies, and then they'll all be on my side. Oh, well, you know, I, would, I would be totally down with movies as the dominant art form if it didn't take so much fucking money to make a book movie. The cool thing about a book is you can just think it up and do it. You don't need millions of dollars and hundreds of other people. Well, yeah, but the challenge is, Anne, is most people don't know how to write, so... Uh, that's true. There's a talent thing that's going on in there. Uh, but I do have a question for Cappy before he uh, closes. Or if, I don't know if he's finished with the roundtable. But, uh, Cappy, have you watched Dr. Strangelove or Gettysburg yet? No, I've been busy. <laughs> I did watch Gettysburg. I saw that many years ago when it came out in the theater. I've been trying to get my high-definition camera and a computer that's compatible with it. And I've also been fixing lawnmowers, water heaters. Ooh. And there's something else that, oh, yeah, this is this is the week that life decided it was going to go down to Home Depot with me, get a crowbar, cram open my ass, and then try to fuck me up. It, but I fought back because next week I'll talk about what my philosophy from this week I learned was. Uh, but I've, ha- I've had no fun. Uh, it's been um, – I got, I got a little bit of golf in, but, um, and that was so I didn't kill anybody. Uh, yeah, but no, water I, heater is not an easy fix, you know, usually. So – no, you pay someone to do it. That's uh, the the leaks though. I, I troubleshot the leaks. Looked it up on YouTube, and so far I think it's just the pressure <laughs> valve that's going. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. that's that's not bad. So I low, I turned down the temperature, and then um, it's also been incredibly humid. So a lot of it's just condensation, not actual um, leaking. So that's a good thing too. But um, no, I'm just waiting for the next thing, the next thing that's going to come around the corner and say, "Let's fuck with Aaron today," but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But, all right. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining, guys. We'll see you next week. Uh, and you guys all take care. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. Yeah. Be safe, Happy everybody. Happy 4th, everybody. Yeah. Toodles.